Alright, welcome to Pop Take Hot Culture. The No uh, Bullshit Podcast. Yeah, we are behind as fuck, we are late as fuck, this is being recorded later in the night than either of us want to. We're yeah. still playing catch up and we got a fuckload of shit to cover tonight. So, this is, a, this is a No Bullshit Pod. I am Jack, here with Sid. We are going to be talking about the movies that came out this week and a couple of albums that Jack and Jack alone will probably be talking about this week. Turn off the TV. Don't pick a pink video. We're not listening to pink. No, I'm not just looking. Okay, thank you. We are behind enough that this is the Joker episode, since we are now in spooky season, a.k.a. October, a.k.a. Spookaween, a.k.a. Halloween. We're going to be talking about... uh, Spookadelic. Spookadelic, Funkadelic, Parliament. You should have done that. (laughs) I wanted you to end this Spookadelic, but okay. Too bad. Shouts out my man's George Clinton. Uh, when you're white, when you're white, you're white, folks. When you're white, you're white. That is that is myself. That is I. I identify as white because I have no other choice. Anyway, we're going to be talking about Joker this week. We are also going to be doing this week for Halloween, aka October, uh, as a 2019 and horror roundup. We are going to be talking about the Joker. We are going to be getting into spoilers. So we are going to do a very, very, very quick summary of the movies of this year. We're going to be talking about Chucky, Us, Pet Cemetery, Ma, and Brightburn later on. But in case you haven't seen Joker yet and are considering seeing it and want to be spoiler free. First of all, I want to say if you're considering seeing it, don't. Yep, so we'll get there. So we're going to talk about the other movies that came out in 2019 first. So, I'm going to do this super quick. Sid, would you recommend Chucky? No. Yes or no? No. Okay. Would you recommend Us? No. Yes or no? Or, yes. Sorry. I was, sorry, we watched so many shitty movies, I was on the fucking defensive. Okay. Yes. Would you recommend people go out and rent it, or is waiting until it's on HBO good enough? Uh. HBO, Netflix, whatever. I would say, okay, did you watch um, Get Out, and did you like it? Yes? Then yes. Go see it. Um, do you like supporting black-owned businesses? Yes, then yes, go see it. Are you a Klan's member and you don't care about the black plight? Yes. Why are you listening to the podcast? Well, first off, why are you listening to podcasts? And if you answer, then yes, you don't care about the black plight, then sure, wait till it's on HBO. Be that If you're way. a Klan's member, watch on HBO. Give Jordan Peele his coin. He is half white after all. And he's married to a white. And he's married his, to a white. If he has kids, they're going to be three quarters white. He does. Remember, he has a son. Yeah, we we'll okay. some three quarter Anyway, white. unimportant. Back on topic. Pet Cemetery. Oof. My question I'm not gonna answer whether or not you should see it. My question is here, posed to you the audience. Why does Stephen King care so much about Native American people? We're getting into that later when but, we discuss but, it. But that's right, my right. response. No no no. I know. Like, that's I know, not I know. a yes or no don't see it. That's my response. I know, but I'm saying like we For are sure. yeah, we'll get into it. Okay. But like that's my thing. Okay. Ma starring oh Octavia Spencer. Not as bad as Chucky. Still wouldn't pay more than how much do we pay for it? Three fifty. Although we got the discount, so we paid ten dollars to get fifty percent off, which brought it down to a dollar seventy-five. Oh, okay, fine. Dollar dollar less than a dollar is, is like ideal. Dollar seventy-five is high, but fine. Okay. I don't really condone Octavia Spencer since I know she she put money Funded into Green Book. Green Book, yeah. Pro- producer. Yeah. Okay. And fucking, um, what's the other one? The spaceship one? Gravity? No, the black lady spaceship one? Uh. Fuck. Oh, 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Hid- no. Hidden figures. Hidden figures. Yeah. Cause that I was going to say like, noble women, but I knew that was wrong. It's better than Green Book, but still like white savior platform. Mm-hmm. So, Octavius Pitch. Listen, you could still have your spot because you're not like fucking um, ta- uh, Taraji. No, was that what Taraji. you were going to say? Taraji. Taraji. I mean, it's hard to be Taraji. Kit. Yeah, well, that Clay Member movie and that fucking R. Kelly shit. Yeah, it's but dedication like, to be Taraji. Okay, Octavia, you still got questions to answer. I don't think you out this shit. All right, finally, Brightburn. Wait till infinity. What? Wait till infinity. If it like never come, watch it. I'm saying like if it comes on HBO, great. If it doesn't, wait. And okay. Keep waiting. So and watch keep it. Waiting. Watch it on HBO, Netflix, whatever. But do not pay money for it. Try and get it as cheap as you possibly can. Okay. All right. I'm gonna do my quick roundup for Chucky. No, unless you really like the Chucky, like, Child's Play series, then watch it. I think it's a worthwhile entry, but it's not a good enough jumping-off point. Us, yes, it's not a good movie, but it's a very enjoyable movie. We'll get into that later. Pet Cemetery, no, it's shit. It's not worth your time. Ma, it's a decent movie if you're looking for movies for, like, watching with friends, but otherwise, no. This is like a, you're throwing a Halloween party where you're going to watch horror movies. Yeah. There are better ones, but if you're trying to stick to this year and you're not picking us, go with it. Brightburn, if you want to see superhero turns evil, yes. Otherwise, absolutely not. We are going to be talking about Danny Brown's album, You Know What I'm Saying, which I would recommend. We're going to be talking about Complicate Your Life with Violence by LaRange and Jeremiah J, which 10 out of 10, fuck yeah. It's not a 10 out of 10, but we'll get there. Listen to it, and Billy Woods' album, his second of the year, Terror Management, which, yes, I would recommend if you already like Billy Woods. Otherwise, we are now getting into spoilers. Stop listening if you have not seen Joker and you were concerned about spoilers. Uh, I would also not recommend spoilers, and we're going to get in here. Sid, do you want to do the description for Joker, or do you want me to do it? I think we should tag team because we both have very accurate pictures of it while it not being the main focus. All right, well... Um, do you want to do structurally, or do you want to do, like, critique part? Let me kick off the basic plot of Joker for okay. anyone who hasn't seen it, but is not going to see and it, I'll because, again... we talk shit? Yeah, we'll talk okay. shit afterward. Well, we'll what ta- do I do? Now I'm doing a description. Well, what talk do I do? Sh- be silent. And then when I'm done with the description, you can throw in your shit. I hate being silent. If, if you really have something to contribute while I'm giving the description, do it. Otherwise, just hang on. Okay. We are going to talk about the Joker. If you haven't seen it and you're worried about spoilers, don't see it. Or stop listening. If you're worried about spoilers for the Joker, that ass, you need to not w- listen to this podcast. I mean, if you're no, 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 no. Oh, I want to, I'm worried about spoilers for, for the Joker, we're, bro, die. We are Tell late enough down. into this shit that I would agree, but if this were opening weekend and we've recorded on time... I would say I get it, and I'd be there because I was excited for the Joker. Opening weekend, I'll say even still, like, having seen it, don't be. Like, even people who have the bestest, best of intentions, don't. Sure. Todd Phillips definitely had my interest up until two weeks before it came out, and then he fucked it over. But anyway, we're going to get into the movie now. Finish your water, and I'll pour you a shot. Alright, we're going to talk about The Joker. The Joker stars Joaquin Phoenix. It is directed by Todd Phillips, best known for directing the Hangover trilogy. It is about a man. Someone the other day at lunch that sat down next to me said that the third Hangover was dog shit. Uh, all like, Hangovers were dog well, shit. But... So I lied and said I watched the second Hangover. He was like, if you watch the first two, you don't need to see a third. 
Yeah. Which I, is saying, I, which is saying something, because like the first two aren't particularly great. Yeah, I. Look, so the fact that you're even distancing yourself from one is astounding. Look, I would say the first Joker, or I'm sorry, the first Hangover is by far and away the best of all three. Second is watchable, though not good. And none of the three are good, honestly. If you can get past homophobia, okay. yeah. if you can get past homophobia, if you can get past casual racism, if you can just be like a three dudes fucked up royally and are trying to find their friend, sure. Enjoyable comedy movie. Psycho Galifianakis wasn't as good as this as he was in, um... It's Zach, kind of a funny story. Zach Galifianakis is good in everything. He just was neutered in this role because he was supposed to be playing an intentionally feminine man and it was super, like, poorly written and generally homophobic, which kind of fucked up his character because there's no way to save that character. Have you seen It's Kind of a Funny Story? Because you I've read seen, the book, right? I've read the book. I've seen the movie. I've seen a lot of shit Zach Galifianakis is in. He was Zach Galifianakis that. is... We're not going to get into this. Zach Galifianakis is okay. problematic at best. He has done racist jokes. He has done shitty jokes in general. He is a decent actor. But he's not defending, which a lot of people are. Right? I don't know. Is he? I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't we'll follow him closely. Okay. He is really good in... Uh, fuck. I forget the show was on, his I show on FX. on FX, yeah. Uh, it's called Baskets. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. He's very good in that. I haven't seen anything since season two, but it's very good. I enjoy it. I fuck with it. But he's also done racist jokes for stand-up in the past. He's enjoyable. He looks too much like my dad for comfort. Um, and also too much like Robert Redford. That, you remember that, that gif? I've literally never heard that before. He looks nothing at all like Robert Redford. I'll tell you. There's a gif of Robert... It is Robert Redford on a horse nodding like this. Look. He's like this. And he's, like, nodding, like, a very slow, like, nod, whatever, right? Everyone's like, damn, here's this gift of Zach Galifianakis, whatever. Comes out six months later, it's Robert Redford. The internet, deadass, I'm not trolling, has never recovered. I have not recovered. My dad sent me that gift. It is, it is excuse me, Robert Redford looking like Zach Galifianakis, and everyone thought it was. That's what I mean. Like, not earnestly. I'll look it up for you. You keep talking. I'll look it up for you. You keep talking. Uh, yeah, so, <sighs> Joaquin Here. Phoenix plays the Joker, also known as Arthur Flair. Are you talking about this? Because this is at Galifianakis. Yes. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it is not, bro. Deadass is not. This came out. Today I learned that Robert Redford actually... This is I wanted to say this we for the audience. Po- no, we're going to talk about this for the audience. Today we're already that, in the that Hang on. Let look, me finish today this. Let me describe learned... this gift. Stop. Let me describe this gift. It is what looks like Zach Galifianakis in a blonde wig with a full beard nodding in like a leather cowhide jacket in front of like a lake with a little bit of snow and like barren trees. Like this is like late November where snow has fallen but not completely settled. Him, like, looking at it, and then Y'all just know the gift. No, they like, know the gift. Listen, they know the So here's a BuzzFeed article, and BuzzFeed, as we know, is the most authentic. Today, the world learned that Robert Redford is actually, quote, nodding meme guy, not Zach Galifianakis. If you've been on the internet for any considerable amount of time, chances are you've seen this gift of a man in the wilderness nodding in approval, okay? If you're like most people, you're pretty sure that the man in the gift is 100% Zach Galifianakis, okay? Looks like him. Welp, I'm here to tell you that you're wrong. In fact, 
all of us are wrong, the man in the gift is none other than Robert Redford. The meme is actually a few frames from 1972 American Western film called Jeremiah Johnson, starring Robert Redford as the title character. Okay? okay. Here's a picture of him, and here's this. Okay? BuzzFeed broke it down, and BuzzFeed... While they're usually very late to the game, they are, like, the final deciding factor because they can Well, because they're like, okay, y'all niggas been arguing. Here's what it is, okay? Mm-hmm. It is Robert Redford. I, I remember when that broke on Twitter. Okay. Because I was... I'm more more prevalent on Twitter you're, than you are. You're a Twitterer. I'm a Twitter me. person. I'm a casual Because I remember person. Twitter broke. Because I don't have a Twitter. Listen. Stop trying to find me on Twitter. Fucking stop. I'm not on Twitter. Stop. I don't exist. He does. Twitter, no, I don't. Twitter broke down because they are like... Who the fuck is Robert Redford? Who is... And I remember... I, listen. I like I, how the response is not like, how does Zach Galifianakis get one past us to convince us he's Robert Redford? It's, who the fuck is Robert Redford? I only know Robert Redford because I took one, one singular film study class. Hey, where are we And now? I still... I only know him from The Sting and I hate... I think I hated that movie? I don't remember. The Sting is decent. I think I went on Blu-ray. We'll watch it sometime. There are better Robert Redford movies. Yeah, but that nigga looks like fucking Zach Galifianakis, and while Zach Galifianakis is alive, guess what? Don't matter. Okay. Anyway, uh, so Joker is about a character named Arthur Fleck, played by Joaquin Phoenix, who is a person struggling with mental illnesses of an unspecified type. He was committed to prison at some point and was released and is now on a state-funded, possibly mandatory, but not particularly clear uh, mental health check. I'm not quite sure if the person he sees is a therapist or psychiatrist or what, but he sees them while he is also working as a, like, clown birthday comedian person. He a clown for hire. Clown for hire. He dresses up in clown makeup to flip signs to attract people to businesses. He goes to children's hospitals to trip kids. Things like that. Anyway, in the very first scene, he is beaten up by a bunch of nondescript kids of color. I believe Hispanic. Wasn't made really clear. Uh, I'm not saying that because they're... Skin color is particularly important to the film, but more particular to the overall themes. Comes back later, we'll get to there in a minute. Anyway, they steal a sign and they beat the ever-loving shit out of him. His co-worker gives him a gun to defend himself, and he ends up murdering three Gotham-equivalent Wall Street executives. He then is on the lam, running away from people, denying that he was... Involved. Anna Lamb's not quite the right word because he's not in hiding, but he denies involvement to it, even though it was pretty clearly him. Not to the cops, though. They have no idea who it was. Cops have a feeling that it was him, but not that. He eventually, ends up... eventually, though. Well, before anyone, before anyone has any clear investigations, he goes to perform at a children's hospital, drops the gun, and uh, his his coworkers is a gun to defend himself. The three Wall Street executives that he kills are the. Uh, are killed by him with the gun that his co-worker gave him. He also goes to a children's hospital, drops the gun in front of a lot of kids and nurses, and it's that very same gun. He gets fired from his job. All this shit's going wrong with his life. And he is trying to deal with that, combat it, blah, 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 blah. His mom is also constantly sick and still writing letters to Thomas Wayne. Bruce Wayne's father. About 
having worked for him and them and the Wayne's helping them eventually because every person that works for us is family and all this shit. Right. And he's like, You need to stop. The Wayne's are shitty, all of this is shitty. Mm-hmm. That later on, you know, comes up but his mom is basically at home doing that the entire time while he's out either being a clown being a clown and killing people. Being a clown or being a literal clown. Yeah, like, so So what have you, that's what his mom is doing at home. His mom is old and sick. Uh, played She's by like... Frances Conroy, who, for our millennial listeners, is probably best known as the American older Horror maid Story. from American She's, Horror Story. She's the maid from American Horror Story. She is the ginger... Yes, ginger is not an offensive term. Okay, sorry, they act like it is. They could say she's only sensitive redheads are. She's ginger from um, American Horror Story Coven. She is um, never finished that. I don't know who she is from Asylum because I think Asylum's dog shit. Uh, I don't remember her in Asylum. I literally only remember her is the older maid. Yeah, well, uh, she was, but she was Murder House from she was the ginger witch in Coven who was like. You will pay for what you've done, Jessica Lane, and they burned her at the stake. Like she's been American in American Horror Story for since through season like four, five yeah. was well. She five. tapped out with along with Jessica Lane. I literally stopped watching after season four. Four was the clown. Watch. I tried. That's, yeah, four was the clown. That's why I stopped watching as well. Five. I was tried what? season three, thought it was dog shit, quit, no, and I then I tried season, season four season and thought it was coven. dog shit and quit. Like season three, three was coven. Season four was uh, yeah. circus horror story, whatever. Which is the Melanie Free Martinez. Show. Yeah. Season yeah. five was... What was season five? I don't know. I saw season two to completion and then stopped watching past like four episodes. Yeah, but you like season two, which like, I'm not... Yeah, I'm that's... Not okay, none of this is relevant. Frances Conroy was in American Horror Story. For a millennial, this is probably what I recognize her from. Otherwise, she was in other good shit. You're slurring really bad. I'm trying to speed up. For a millennial listeners, you will recognize her from American Horror Story. Otherwise, for our older listeners who may or may not exist, they don't exist. You will recognize her from shit from the '90s. Google her; you'll recognize her. Anyway, uh, that's his mother. His mother is old, decrepit. Might not be the right word, but she cannot support herself. Joaquin Phoenix works both job, like his job, to support both of them. And that's the basic premise. Uh, we're gonna get into spoilers again. If you haven't stopped already, please fucking stop. We're not trying to spoil this shit for you, but also, if you keep listening after this, I'm not going to feel bad for you. I don't care, because it's a dog shit movie. So, going on with this, the police investigate Joaquin Phoenix for killing uh, these Wall Street bankers. Uh, He denies it. They go and interview his mother. His mother ends up having a heart attack or stroke. He finds out that, according to his mother, he is the child of Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father, Batman's father. He goes to try and confront Thomas, but Thomas isn't home, and he ends up confronting Bruce. They get into a slight kerfuffle with Alfred interrupting and stopping them. He ends up murdering his mother because he finds out from Alfred and Thomas Wayne that his mother is mentally unstable and is bullshitting. And has abused him. And has... Abused him, at, not necessarily abused him, but been no. complicit in his abuse. Which, which from what, which is abuse? If sure. You let your boyfriend beat your son. You're abusing him as well. Sure. This is we, not. All right, we're not gonna really get into it because the movie doesn't get into it. But I guess trigger warning for people dealing with child abuse. Uh, abuse of any sort, complicity. Yeah. Et cetera, so, et so. 
Alfred and Thomas Wayne both say that his mother made it up. His mother adopted him. His mother's boyfriend ended up uh, being very abusive and, like, beat the shit out of him and fucked him up. And and her, too. Her, too. She wasn't physically abusive, but she allowed it to happen and continued dating him while it happened. Um, Arguments on whether that is abuse on her part, we're not going to get into that because it's not really important to the story. He ends up taking Thomas Wayne and Alfred's side and then ends up smothering her and killing her with a pillow. He then is simultaneously with all this a very big fan of Robert De Niro's, uh, I can't remember the first name, but Murray, who is a late night talk show host like Jimmy Fallon, yeah. uh, David Letterman, mm-hmm. all of them. Uh, he really, really wants to get onto the show. He's trying to be a stand up comedian. He's not great at it he ends up having his anxiety attacks that he has when he gets really stressed and nervous he just has laughing fits and murray makes fun of him for it yeah after he, well like allegedly uh what's her face goes to the show. Beats. yeah yeah and we have the shit with his, that, his co-workers there's so much know? it that literally builds nothing yeah. all right so well, here's, beats. here's what it builds builds to anti-blackness yeah we'll get there in a second uh, i'm gonna say it builds to something yeah, so Zazie Beats lives down the hall from Hawkman Phoenix and his mother. They run into each other on the elevator. They make they, small talk. He interprets it as flirting. Her and her kid is important to Her and her kid. Hawking Phoenix and her later go on a date. She he she is invited by him to his first stand up performance. It doesn't go well, but he ends up recovering at the end. They have a good date and everything they're pretty close to each other shit goes on Joaquin Phoenix is fired from his job for the gun and the police are investigating him and the person who gave him the gun is like yeah he tried to buy my gun off of me like just bullshit covering for himself who also works for him who also works for who works like or excuse me works with him works with him yeah yeah he's a fellow clown he's like you gotta protect yourself from these Children of color who are attacking he, him. He doesn't specify if like he said you. Yeah, but it's yourself. it's pretty clear what he. It means. is inherent yet of color, but. So, Zazie Beats, who most people know if they know her, is uh from Deadpool in Atlanta. From Atlanta, and Deadpool. She, she's dominant yeah. from Deadpool. Deadpool is popular. Deadpool's Deadpool's popular. Yeah, you, yeah, if you don't want to yeah. admit it, I don't like Deadpool, but that's whatever. She is Childish Gambino's girlfriend, baby mother from uh, mother, Atlanta. Mother of his kid. Mother of a child. Yeah, sure. Baby mother should be charming. I couldn't think of a better word, but thank you. Mother of his child. She's the mother of Childish Gambino's child in the TV show Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And also Domino in Deadpool 2. Yeah. Those are her biggest roles. She is the love interest in this shit. Uh <sighs> Anyway, uh, as his life rapidly deteriorates, he realizes that his mother is not actually his mother. Not only is she not actually his mother, her fantasy of Thomas Wayne helping her out is unrealistic because Thomas Wayne is not his father. And he ends up coming home from all this shit, realizes that he has never gone on a date with Zazie Beats and just imagined it and has built up this delusion in his mind. The state cuts funding for healthcare systems and shuts down pretty much all therapy offices in Gotham City. He no longer has mental, 
like health checks yeah. for his therapy as well as his funding for uh, his antipsychotics being yeah. cut off. <clears throat> All of this on top of the fact that there are trash riots going on because Gotham has always been New York City and the uh, trash, trash protest yeah. from the 1970s is pretty much the back plot to this. Well, and him killing these Wall Street executives. While also still not being political, so how are yeah. you going to have... We'll get there. Po- okay. We'll get there. I, I will drink. Um, all this kind of like builds up onto each other where Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur Flex Joker's murder of these three Wall Street executives kicks off this revolution of absolutely hating the rich, willing to th- like get into violent protests to try and stop the rich from gaining any more power. Throw him over. Thomas Wayne is running for governor, mayor, mayor, whatever. Um, he is running for that to try and like change shit, and he gets real upset with this dude who murders uh, the three people, Joker, and calls like anyone who hates the rich clowns. This thing has a very, very vaguely leftist vibe as hating the rich, which hey, I'll agree with. Fuck the rich. But at the same time, it's not really clear in its politics. We're going to get there soon. Anyway, the clip where Joker has laughing fit and it's not funny uh, that Maury shows Robert De Niro uh, gets the Joker invited onto the Maury show. He shows up. Murray show. Murray show, not Maury. Uh, he shows up to the show. He's like, hey, introduce me as Joker. This is after he kills his mother, follow that. This is after he possibly kills Zazie Beats, which he does in the script, but does not do in the final he cut. It's just first, kind of implied. He does in the first draft of the script. Yeah. Specify. Okay, he does in the first draft of the script, but does not in the final cut of the film. We don't know. It's vaguely implied enough where I read it is that happening, but I would understand people not reading that as happening. It's very vague and whack. Uh, if I tell you to drink, maybe you shouldn't say like, hey... I'm gonna drink on camera. If I do I will a fucking su- if I do it subtly, maybe don't like talk okay. about it on camera. That's what I'm saying. Um. So Zazie beats. We don't know if she dies or not. Can we talk about the fact that all of the fucking aggressors, if they're not rich, are brown? We're getting there. We're trying to summarize the movie. Still. We already summarized the movie. He kills a bunch of people. It's gratuitous. No, we it's haven't. Dumb. We haven't. We literally got to the third act. So he goes on the murder show. He's like, introduce me as Joker. Murray's like, that's weird, but sure, why not? Because, like, you're getting our ratings up and everything. He goes on the murder show. He yeah, complains about how no one finds, like, humor is subjective and blah, 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 blah. No one finds, like, funny things funny anymore. All the shit that Tom Phillips basically said in his own interviews. And he admits to murdering all those three Wall Street bankers. Yeah, he missed murdering the Wall Street guys on the train. And then he shoots Marie in the head. Point blank. Like, very close. It's like, like, yeah. Listen, this movie is very graphic. If And, like, I say this even... It is a lot for even a Joker movie. This is yeah. one of the goriest movies I've seen in a minute. Mm-hmm. And, like, like genuinely, because Tarantino shit is dumb shit. It's fake. It's, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, Tarantino, this is eighth? Ninth movie? Ninth. Ninth movie. Technically you know how, tenth, but he considers it fine, ninth. Fine, whatever. You know how Tarantino is at this point, right? Right. This shit's supposed to be like, oh, everyone can see this movie. This shit was gory. Yeah. I had a harder so, time with this than I've had with almost any Tarantino movie. It is overzealous, even for the fucking Joker. 
I'll put it like this. This is not as gory as Zombieland, which we'll be talking about soon, or like Tarantino movies, but because it is more realistic, it ends up being more upsetting. His shootout on the train is really hard to watch. Part in like in part because of watching him get attacked is hard to watch. He doesn't deserve any of the shit that comes to him. But watching the blood scrape against the subway, watching him hunt down this guy when he gets off the train, running away from him and shooting him point blank is really tough. Watching him shoot more is really tough. Watching him stab his coworker in the throat, I think. All over. All Watching, over with scissors. Yeah, it's yeah. with scissors and it's very yeah. Like it's really upsetting because of the realistic, realistic violence. Yeah. It just makes it harder to watch. Um it's it's tough. So he kills Mori, he then ends up getting arrested. The Joker fanatics that have arised since he murdered the Wall Street bankers are throughout the street protesting are violently. You, are you willing to say Joker plus all? Because they're... He's arrested, for, so he's not part of it. I'm saying, you're saying fanatics, they're for the money revolution. They're not for him. Because sure, he didn't even have a name until Maury introduced him. That's a live show. Sure, but he's also the Maury fanatics because they crashed the hot the police car to yeah, save him. but they're saying like the clown... Which is inherently for the money revolution. Sure. So, like, you can't say, like... He does go on this whole rant about how he's not political. That's what I'm saying. So, to say, like, a Joker fanatic, that would imply that Joker has some kind of political standing, which he does not. I guess... I I will put it this way. I could see me being on those protests and shit because I don't fuck with the rich, but I could not see me trying to free the Joker or celebrating the Joker. And I wouldn't call you a Joker fanatic. That's what I'm saying. Sure, I was talking... Like, whatever you are okay. is what you are, and then saying Joker to it is, like, the modern... Sure. ...relevancy. The people out protesting because of Joker and because of the disparity caused by the rich in this are out there. He's being arrested in a police car. Uh, I think it was an ambulance. It could have just been any large it was, van. No, it was an ambulance. It was a van valance. Hard crashes into this, kills both the cops driving the car. He's knocked unconscious. He ends up waking up and is taken out of the car by a lot of his fans. He's put back on top of the hood. He wakes up, comes to it, gets on top of the truck and or the police car and dances. He has now danced like eight or nine point like eight or nine times in this film. It then wraps wraps up with him being in Arkham Asylum. He is being interviewed by yet another black person who is like and, and black woman too. Black like woman. The only men woman. are the saying... Latinx men in the beginning. But no, this no, is no, something, no. This is something I'm realizing there's, now. There's a black man because uh, it's Brian Tyree. Yeah, Brian and that's Tyree. it. And that's not necessarily aggressor. That's someone doing his job. So the right. brown people are. It's brown an aggressor men. to him specifically, which we'll get into in a minute. It seems more weighted towards the women, whether the Absolutely. woman on the bus, the woman at the end, and then it says he beats us three to. Brian Terry and the brown kids at the beginning. Sure. That's still three to, three yep. to two? We'll get there in a second. We'll get there in a second. That's just something I realized. So, this black woman is interviewing him. She's like, uh, why'd you do this? Do you regret doing this? And he's like, no. And then it cuts out to him leaving the interview room. He has blood in his shoes. He's dancing as he walks down the hall and then runs away from security guards trying to tackle him. It's very much implied that he killed her. Which I didn't get, but I believe you. I, yeah, maybe he didn't, because, again, this whole shit is presented as the entire thing could have been a psychological delusion, yeah. and he never killed anybody at all. And 
I get he's crazy. He was like, what's ha-? like I don't know what's happening. So that's yeah. more my like maybe he didn't, and it's more hopeful. Mm-hmm. But he walks out of this interview closet with uh interview room closet's not the right word interrogation room whatever with his therapist. He is tracking blood on his shoes, ends up dancing and running away from security guards, which to me 100% reads like he killed this person. So, to get into racist shit before we get into this movie, his therapist is a black woman. He is riding on the bus, subway, I'm not quite sure what, home. Bus. Uh, and this little black boy turns around and looks at him, and he ends up making faces at the boy to try and, like, entertain him. Like, no, yeah, like not anything rude or racist like, or as aggressive. Like he's people. he's trying to entertain this kid it's who's like looking people. at him, and he does that. The kid's giggling. The black mom. She looks like I mean, like everything was like you know dark skin, like bigger, like all like all the quote things that make her like an aggressor are present. Like the only lighter skinned person are either the Latinx kids or Zazie Beats. Right. So she's like bigger. She's darker skin, and she's like, hey. Can you leave my kid alone? Which yeah. is not an unfair ask of a fucking stranger. Sure. Right absolutely. on a subway. You know what I mean? Like, they try to make like, oh, he has a medical condition. Yeah. He's trying to make the kid laugh. Like, bro, right. leave my kid alone. Right. The Joker is absolutely not. Arthur Fleck, whoever, is not antagonizing this kid. But if you want to be like, hey, can you leave my kid yeah. alone? It's a fair ask. Especially if she's, she's on the train. She maybe had a long day. Right. And every time Arthur Fleck gets stressed, he starts hitting these laughing fits that like he this can't is, stop. This hysterical and shit. right, he's freaking out. She's like, "What's so fucking funny, huh?" And then he—that's not what she says, but that's the gist of what she says. And she's like, "Why are you laughing? This is weird. Stop laughing." And he hands her this like business card that says, "I have a condition. Yeah. It makes me laugh at inappropriate times. Yeah. It is caused by brain disorders yeah. or trauma." Yeah. From like. Like, like, it's brain trauma or brain disorders. I've taken quite a few Ubers in my, like in my day. I've had not a ton, but a handful of Ubers who have had that taped up on the back of their like the back of their um, seats, passenger and driver, mm-hmm. and it's just like to let you know, like, hey, maybe I can't speak, maybe I can't hear you, whatever, whatever. So the cards are useful, informing people are useful, right? But if I'm like a mom, I've had a fucking day. I got picked right. my kid up from daycare. And this fucking weirdo, this rando, fucking my kid on the bus. Bro, leave me alone. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, leave, so, like, leave me alone. My kid didn't need no fucking entertaining. Right. So, he hands her that card. She's like, oh, okay. And then she's kind of annoyed by his laughing fit, but he's put off by the fact that she's quote-unquote aggressive for yeah. telling him to stop and all that shit, where that's what puts him in his laughing fit. She is absolutely in this movie presented as the bad guy and yeah. shitty because he wasn't doing anything wrong by trying yeah. to entertain this kid. Where, like, you sure. are an adult talking to a kid, leave the kid right. alone. Right, sure, he wasn't doing anything wrong, but her going, hey, can you leave my kid alone is yeah. not aggressive or shitty. And if and, she wants to be, ag- right. even if she wants to be aggressive, that's right. That's right. her fucking kid. You are a stranger. Right. You could be sure. a fucking murderer. Sure, sure. He, he is. He, yeah, at this point, he wasn't. And at this point, he's trying to be nice to this kid. But if if you had a kid and some stranger was making faces yeah. at him, and you're like, hey, leave my kid alone. Yeah. That's not aggressive. That's not rude. And that is not uncalled and, for. And that's well within your There's, right as right, a parent. Right. There's reason to do that. So. Especially on a bus, too. Like, sure, that's not even like no fucking car. Complete stranger. Right. Complete <laughs> fucking close, stranger. Bro. So, 
she does that. He hits this laughing fit. She could have been dismissive of it, but she leaves him alone. He just has his laughing fit. The scene yeah. ends. He's beat up by these kids of color who look like vaguely Hispanic, but yeah. are never really delved on. Mm-hmm. His therapist, who he decides has never listened to yeah, her. Yeah, it's quote dismissive. Right. It's like she's, a, a darker skin, skinny. Right, we're getting there. We're getting yeah. There. Yeah, so she's super dismissive. She's shitty to him. She doesn't listen to him. She doesn't care about what he has to say. Funny gets cut. She's getting fired. He's getting let go of from the state. The state doesn't care about him anymore. He's like, oh, you, you don't ever care about me. All I have are negative thoughts. And all like, you do is every like, single... You never listen. Yeah, you never listen. Every single session, you're like, are oh, you having negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. And it's like, sure, okay. I've been in therapy. Yeah. I get how shitty it is. I get how stressful it is to be reiterating the same shit over and over and over yeah. again. There's reasons to it and there's benefits to it. And even if Arthur Fleck's mental illness is so much that he's struggling with it, He's being antagonistic to yeah. her. She's trying. She's like, they don't care about you. They don't she, care about me either. And she's trying to like not is like if you want to talk about a couple sessions behind in this moment, she's like, hey, they're cutting our funding. Right, you're fucked. I'm fucked. This is not like a, oh, I'm not gonna listen to you. It's like, bro, you need to fucking know this. Right, you know what I'm like this is right. her informing. She's him, like, and he right. chooses now to be partially like, hey, I have a complaint about how you do your therapy. Right, she's like. Our fun is getting cut. We can't meet anymore. I'm sorry. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about any of us. We are being fucked over yeah. by this government. This isn't your fault. This isn't my fault. This is their fault. I get why you're frustrated, but I don't know what else I can do to help you because I'm not getting paid. You're not getting help. Like, we're all in a life between a rock and a hard place. And I, so, I, I think I would have a better time, like talking about who is in the right or even like even even field if maybe they didn't put like pit these people right. against each other and right. then make them very deliberately black right skin you know what i'm saying all these right. things she because the, he presents fair points she presents fair points right the therapist is absolutely presented in this movie as the antagonist absolutely. and wronging him same thing as lady on the bus same right thing as the kid, like all these so yeah people. so then we get to zazie beats the lightest skin black character in the entire movie Maybe, I don't know if we got this guy between the Latinx people. The light-skinned black character, none of the Latinx people presented black. And, I mean, they could have been black, but they were not presented as black in the movie. Depends they were just the vaguely... They, they weren't presented as anything. They, they were the liberal POC. They weren't presented as anything. Yeah, That's they the were the liberal POC. Point. They're like, those are kids who are not white. See, that's what I'm saying. You could have presented these kids as fucking white kids. Fucking right, you could have. You could have. Nothing would have been different. That's Nothing would have been different. Not a like, single... Listen. Yo, I if like every single character, white, poor people was, don't be white. Right. If every single character in this movie was white, I feel like both of us would have hated this movie less. We both still would have hated this movie, but we would have hated it less because it, it seems felt like, particularly racist. Yeah, because every single chance y'all have to to have an aggressor is not only like a brown person or even a black person or even a dark skinned person. It is oftentimes a woman, like you said early right. on. The only brown male like not counting that gaggle of children right was brian tyree henry and right. i don't even count him as an aggressor because he was just doing his job right this guy was literally trying to I steal mean, a file that's the case for like, literally that's... every single black character in this movie they were never I, yeah, shitty but... people they were just people doing their job right or like defending but if you want to really draw it out right like he right. is literally bare minimum like hey bro you can't steal this that's me on a good day at my job everyone else is like oh you know, this guy had a hard day. Let him make faces hey, of the kids, you're which the is wrong. in some white sociopath's fantasy. So. I hope so. 
So I'm yeah, be more aggressive than I actually am. So, nothing will make me happier than being more aggressive and putting in less effort. That's called a lazy Sunday. So we have the ambiguous, but for sure, of color children who beat yes. the shit out of him in the opening scene. Yes. We have the therapist. We have Zazie Beats, oh, lightest skin person in the shit. Oh, Brian Tyree Henry. She. Well, we're getting there. Oh, sorry. So Zazie Beats supposedly like wronged him for not having dated him in his fantasies. Yeah. But Which she didn't even know. Like, yeah. Like, once they, we get to it, like. What so, they thought they were, and then when right. she's like, you're in the wrong apartment, you live down the hall, she don't even know this nigga. Right, right, like, from the very, when we find that reality break, Arthur, Joaquin, Joker, whoever you yeah. want to call him, he interacted her within the elevator when she stressed out a little bit, because her kid is like... Just asking her questions, she's had a hard Asking day. her questions, yeah. her kid is like energetic and shit, yeah. and she's tired. Yeah. And then she jokingly, like, shoots herself in the head with a finger gun. And then they're walking away, and he jokingly, sh- like, he grabs her attention when they're walking away, and he jokingly shoots himself in the head with a finger gun. Which and they so smile. Right. They smile. They, like, it's a yeah. joke. It's a little weird, but it's a joke. It seems to land with her. Whatever. And she could have been joking also to be like, Haha, this guy's weird. Come on, baby. Let's get in the house. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, it like let's been. get away. It could have been. Taking it at face value. She's like, ah, oh, that's funny because I just did that too. And like they have a mutual laugh. They go into their own apartments. That's it. Like, really always. Max, yeah. best relationship they've had is jokingly shooting each other, like shooting themselves in their heads in front of each other. And I truly refuse and, to believe the fact that it's not for self-preservation. Right. And so then he breaks into her apartment. She's like, who the fuck are you? Please get out of my house. You're in the wrong house. Leave, leave, leave. Please leave. And that is presented as her being antagonistic because he imagined this fantasy. And mm-hmm. if she were just like, yeah, if she had good, noticed him, more, if she were a good yeah. woman, or she and had noticed, noticed him, him, yeah, she would have like been in love with him. him. Yeah, she would have seen the good in him. Nothing would have ever come of it. Like, bro, she's fucking raising this and, baby. Right. I ain't seen not a man around. Or right, not a she's raising this kid. Right, alone, presumably by solo herself. Dolo, yeah, and. He is being wrong because... I'm lonely. My mom is shitty. Right. He's being wrong because his mom is not great. And he's being wrong because she doesn't love him back from this entire fucking fantasy that he imagined. And he can't meet nobody because he's a clown. Right. So, for the next black character that's important, he goes to the mental hospital Arkham Asylum... Or Arkham Mental Hospital because it's Arkham County. Is it Um, Asylum? No, it's not asylum because okay. she wasn't committed to the asylum. She wasn't criminally insane. She was just mentally unwell. Okay. Criminally insane would be the Joker. It, I mean, even so, still, Arkham's right. just not very well fleshed out. It's just like, hey, right. y'all know who's crazy and who not. Arkham is the county, like, you got Cobb County for Atlanta. You got Hennepin for Minneapolis. I like, understand. I just think it's odd the time that y'all want to choose to fucking flush this shit out. Y'all have had how many fucking Batman movies? Sure. Ar- Arkham's been pretty well established as a county. But anyway, he goes to this mental hospital because he's told by Alfred and Thomas Wayne, like, your mother's crazy. She just adopted you. She let you get abused. We don't know any fucking thing about you. We don't know anything about her. We're not wrong. It's Thomas Wayne. Okay. I'm I'm 90% sure. I have an impeccable sense We're going to leave it in. Hey, if it's Thomas Wayne, don't tweet at us. Don't DM us. We don't give a fuck. If it's not Thomas Wayne, that's what you're saying? Yeah. He said, if it is, confirm us. If it's not, choke and die. Either way, we don't care. Well, but if it's not choke and die. If it is, give us our braces. If it's not, (laughs) hey, if it's not, harass Todd Phillips, because why is his name not Thomas? Good point, good point. Right. Anyway, he goes to the mental hospital. He's talking to 
Brian Tyree Henry, who is like the clerk, I guess, for lack of a better term. Kind of a fucking receptionist. Like, I, Reception, I'm a receptionist. Yeah. I know what receptionists look like. Yeah. He's supposed he's to give the files. He's a clerk. He's that like, make him make fucking $8 an hour. He's right. making a pretty In shit. the 70s, he does not make $8 an hour. Well, he makes like four fifty. This tops. is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, on a high end. Joaquin walked in and he's like, hey, I'm looking for this file from my mother, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what's going on with her. She's in the hospital. I need to get these files. Yeah. And then Brian comes back. He's like, here are these files. I'll read them out to you. Blah, blah, blah. He's reading them out and he's like, she was committed for uh, like domestic abuse. Like, child and child right, and child endangerment. Not that she was committing domestic abuse, but she was being abused from her partner. She was not protecting her kid. She seemed mentally unwell. And he kind of pauses. And then, he and then has he pauses. sympathy, yeah. Yeah, and then he pauses and he reads for a second, and then he's like... I don't know if you should hear this, man. You well, said you no, were her son. No, no, no. He's like... You said you were He's like, son. she was arrested for, uh, like... Being mentally unwell as well as letting her child whom she adopted be chained to a radiator and beat yeah. among the head, like, yeah. in the head. He had, like, contusions and shit against his head yeah. from, like, blood loss and shit. This child was obviously abused. All this shit goes on and then he looks at him and he's like... You said you're her you, son. Yeah, you said you're her son? And he's like, yeah. And he's like... Look, man, these are classified. I don't know. Like, you know yeah. he's like, he's like, this is too much for me. This is too much for you. Which I'm is a, like a genuine. Right. I'm like, gonna take him away. Yeah. I, I, you don't need to know this. I don't yeah. need to know this. Nothing good's gonna come of this. Uh, we're gonna leave it there. And then the Joker, like Arthur, Joaquin, whoever, rips him the fuck out of his hands and literally runs out of the mental yeah, hospital. Because they have him. like a bulletproof. Ooh, they have a the bulletproof glass and yeah. they're scruffling. So it's not even like like it's, Joker's like, oh, let me. You know what? I tried to right. fight for it. I'm wrong. Like, they, they fight, and he's trying to keep his job, and she's like, bro, you can't take this shit, because he's like, let me see it. And right. he's like, and Brian's like, no. Right. Like, you need to do better. You need to get help. Your mom is fucked up, but I don't want to say it to you. And Joker's fucking fighting over it. Because Arthur also goes at one point, like, uh, is everyone in here a criminal? And he's like, no, some people are just in here because yeah. they're too unwell to live in society. Or they check but, themselves in. Or yeah. they check themselves in. But he's like, some people are too unwell to live in society and they need help, but they can't afford it, so the state's helping them. Mm-hmm. And Arthur's like, yeah, I sometimes feel that way. And all this weird fucking yeah, shit. Or he's like trying to get of, committed, but not. Right, he's more like, I'm insane, too. And it's like, bro, and then I'm Brian's like, uh huh. Uh, yeah, and Brian's let's look like at this file. Brian's like, yeah, let's let's just go over this. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. But also because oh. he's like, I can't do shit without like X Y Z. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, so he can't be like, oh, you need to be committed until a doctor's like this or whatever. So he's trying to do like imagine yourself in a fucking service position. Right, right. So Arthur steals the files. He runs away. He decides that his mom is the fault for all this, and he smothers her with a pillow while she is in the hospital because she ended up having a stroke or some heart issues. While the police investigated her son and interviewed her, he kills her. He goes on to run. He goes on Maury. He kills Maury. The next black character that shows up is uh, the therapist at the very end, who is also similar to the first therapist, a skinny, dark-skinned black woman. But younger, or the first one is older. The Yeah, the first woman looks like late 40s to mid 50s. This one looks like late 30s to early 40s. At oldest, probably closer to like mid 30s. Mm-hmm. She interviews him. He's like, oh, you don't get the joke. 
And that's pretty much all he says for this shit. I'm like, why did you do all these horrible things? Why would you do all these horrible things? I don't He's understand. Like, hee hee, ha ha, poo poo, pee And so, so, it's implied at the end that he kills her. Which I didn't get. I believe you now looking back at it, but like I didn't get that. Right, so we talked about this right I'm after it earnestly too. hoping I'm wrong. Right. There was so much like unnecessary Honestly, death in this shit. Right. Honestly, this movie seems so much worse than it is that I feel like the worst things that came of it probably happened and got cut. Because they just put black people in service jobs. We're like, right. lots of people work service jobs. Literally the Even only... Even if you were split right. between Latinx and black people, that would have been like less like... You know what I'm saying? Because it was only right. one Latinx group and all these Who other were in the first people. two minutes That's and done. Yeah. So and best, best case, if you want to be racist, put other minorities in there. Yeah. So, we end the politics shit of people being concerned about it real quick now because i feel like we've summed this up pretty good first off don't see this movie yeah i would say it's not worth your time if you are at home seven eight nine months from now and it's on hbo and you want to watch it sure i I don't think you're gonna do any harm watching this movie on hbo but i will say it is absolutely not worth your time to go see this in theaters i told someone who kind of wanted to see it i'm like hey it's dog shit if you want to see it see it during five dollar movie tuesday because that way best case you want to see it in theater you spend the least amount of movie absolutely possible right and the person i told that to see did do that and they fucking hated it right you know what i mean so like even best case five you know six dollars after tax still too much right so so the whole shit before it came out after it got the golden lion from uh the venice film festival uh became that this was an incel movie this was going to incite violence and all this shit because the last movie that the joker was big and there wasn't suicide Squad. there's somebody coming up in the talk. i'm just saying do we want to do a trigger trigger i trigger warning for what you can do a trigger warning for what? I want to put a trigger warning for uh, violence. Um, I don't know if it's tight spaces, gun violence. Like, just trigger warning for public violence. You know what I'm saying? If you were sure. bothered by the Joker. Because, like, I was bothered by when that shit popped off. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I'm like, damn, I can't go to the movies. Before that was like, mm-hmm. I can't go to mm-hmm. school. I can't go to church, right? So I do want to put a general trigger for uh, Aurora, Colorado, Joker shooting massacre massacre that's what it's called i don't think it's bad to put triggers even if you can't pin down that's fine i get it um so people were very 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 pressed about this uh rightfully so yeah rightfully so because the last yeah the last big Joker movie that wasn't fucking Suicide Squad with Jerry Leto, who was in it for all of three was, minutes, um, was like, The Dark Knight, which was not, immediately... We're not going to come out for this right. shit. Which was immediately followed up by The Dark Knight Rises, which had this horrific shooting at a theater in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, lots of people lost their lives. The guy was originally misidentified as dressing up as the Joker killing all these people he was not a police officer just misidentified him because the dude had red hair it's a lot of fucked up shit with it but go back just a titch because it sounds like he was not a police officer misidentified you should okay. put that firm period yeah i'll put this real quick a police officer responding to the shooting misidentified the shooter of the theater okay. as dressing up as the joker okay you need to put these periods in because these words do blur together yep that's fair okay so, the shooter was misidentified as the Joker by a police officer. 
He was arrested. It was not inspired by the Joker, but because this was one of the biggest movie openings of the year, and this guy's like, ah, a lot of people are going to be in the theater. This is my time to act. Like, really fucked up shit, but not specifically because of DC Batman's The Joker. But then when Aurora, Colorado was like, hey, Todd Phillips, hey, whomever, can right. y'all not show this shit here? They should have been like, for sure. Well, because how lo- so- how did you know that, like, when did this come out? That it was not the Joker. Pretty quickly after, I just missed it because the news didn't care about it. I only found out about it after we saw the Joker. And we Fine. saw it on Thursday night. Fine. Even still, if someone's like, hey, can you not do this? Well, yes is the answer. The theater that had the shooting did not show it. And no one from this movie protested that. Or was upset by it. They pretty much accepted it for what it was. All of this being said, I'm not defending top Even still, so our theater. You know what I'm saying? We are how many miles away? And we saw that impact. Well, Same I, thing I, in New York. We're bare minimum, like, 1,200 miles away. Same thing in New York. Aurora. They said they had hella theaters undercover in this shit. Oh, yeah. You know I what I'm Like, the fact yeah. that you have a movie like this, you all need to do better. Yeah. I was listening to Chapo, and they're like, I went to the Brooklyn Theater to see if I could identify who was and wasn't a cop. And I had a lot of trouble, because it's Brooklyn, and everyone looks like they're an undercover cop. I do right. firmly believe, like, if there's a mo- Like, if you're making a movie... And there needs to be cops. People can't tell if there are cops. There needs to be cops coming out and, and undercover sure. shit, bro. You need so, to not be making this movie. Or you need to be having a firmer stance on yay or nay in this shit. Because the fact that there's this arbitrary back and forth and that there could be incels. Like, there are going to be shooters yeah. at maybe every so, movie. So, I think part of this was overblown in the sense that, like... Wouldn't you rather, though? I would rather. Sure. I think caution is fine. But... I think this is overblown in the sense that the media really wanted there to be a shooting so they could cover it because our media on the whole, like American media on the whole, is fucking garbage. I'm not getting into specifics. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I almost, shit. but but they could, it like, could have de- but. but it could have deterred. Like I know, I know American media is garbage, but the fact that like there was so much coverage that it could have deterred this shit when we just got off a summer of back to back to back white yeah. supremacist shootings. I'm not mad at that. Y'all want to be trash sure, covering the Kardashians? Be trash covering this shit and, and save a life. Sure, but like, for going on the sole fact that like almost all incels are white supremacists, why would they shoot up a Joker shoo- shooting, like a Joker showing that's their, that's gotta be their one brethren? Dummy. There's got to be one dummy. It's got to be one dummy. It's got to like, be one like, dude where like, I got to take out these other white supremacists. There can only, there's only one. Or, or like not to be shitty, but like maybe a novice. You know maybe, what I mean? Who's like, maybe, maybe. this will get the right. message across. I don't got to do too much planning. I think people who didn't know that the shooting of the Dark Knight Rises at, was not just as a Joker and people who knew literally fuck all about this movie could have been inspired by this. But I have a hard time thinking that people who walked away from this movie were like, yes, I should kill all the non-whites. Because this movie had a really fucking shitty messaging shit, but I don't think it was overtly and intentionally anti-black. I, I think, think it came... I think it came off that way because this movie was absolute dog shit, but I don't think it came off this way with the ideal message being fuck people who aren't white and, like, Correct. should protest and murder people. Correct, but underlying. Like, the same way sure. that maybe you have, like only the brown people in X movie be like maids and shit. Sure. But if you make a movie like this, you have a higher standard you need to hit. So I'm sure the people seeing this are like, oh, fuck all brown people. But it's like the brown people were very clearly painted as the antagonist. Absolutely. This entire movie was very much fuck society. You know what I'm saying? 
but I think it's interesting in if we take a step back and not that very nihilistic intel kind of way, all the brown people, like if we look at it like a regular movie, we're brown, right? Sure. So, so you have the the one way where it's like intel murder everyone, and mm-hmm. then you have the regular way where you would look at a movie. Because you, you see that looking at a movie. Where yeah. you're like, damn, the dead ass, the only brown people in this movie are the, the aggressors. Yeah. Like, from what I'm reading what you're saying, you're saying that, like, in this movie, every villain is either person of color, specifically black, generally black, but they're a couple vaguely yeah. people of color, or they're rich. Correct. And, it's, and even more specifically, black women. For sure. Right? So, there's I, like, that's three deep. Is Zazie's kid boy or girl? Do, we, do you remember? Daughter, I think it's a girl. I think it's okay. a girl. It, I mean, that so doesn't, her daughter's not the aggressor. Zazie's the aggressor. Right. I'm just saying, like, potentially, there are two... I'm not... There I'm are not, two no, black... I don't, want, I don't want to count her daughter in that. Oh, no, no. There are two black men. The boy on the bus and uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Right. Right? Yeah. Because I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember if yeah. her kid... Not her kid is an aggressor, right. but just... The amount of black characters yeah. in this film that are male. Correct. Okay. Anyway, this film's politics make no fucking sense at all because it's anti-rich, but... Also anti-political. Anti-political, yeah. So, the rant... The reason I think this film is vaguely fascist because I, I don't like using the whole art can be dangerous shit because I, I think... I do. Right. I don't like using it because I think it is a very, very, very slippery slope to fascism and arguing for censorship. And I, I'm sure there's a way to handle it better than I can think of right now, but because I can't think of a better way, I am iffy on it. But I don't like calling art dangerous because I don't want to advocate for censorship and I just... It feels like it is a slippery slope there, and I don't like saying slippery slope for shit, because I think that that is a weak fucking argument used by a lot of white liberals all the time for, like, criticizing capitalism and shit. There's personal responsibility for sure, sure. but you can't act like art doesn't matter. Like, if I say CNWA have this shit, or the the people, uh, see, I can't think of it because I'm drunk right now, the Olympics have their fists up, maybe I buy, buy a black pick, right? Sure. Both way so while one like you like you said but, before if they're gonna snap they're gonna snap but the fact that you like to act like art doesn't mean anything is dishonest and that's fucked up like shit means shit words mean things we are very susceptible right now and i'm not saying don't make this joker movie mm-hmm. but i'm saying pick your fucking message lean one way or the other even if you lean fully in cell Right? Do it with your fucking chest. Sure. Do you think people who killed cops after listening to Fuck the Police by N.W.A. were inspired by N.W.A. or were they using that as an excuse? Did people do that? I'm sure it happened. I don't know if it specifically happened, but I'm sure people listened to Fuck the Police and then killed cops after it. Dunno can't say. I'm just saying... I'm Look, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that no one down the line ever will have yeah. killed someone saying that the Joker was an inspiration... But I'm saying that the Joker, as a movie, is a justification, not a reason. Do you think it's a difference for NWA who are oppressed? Talking about oppression with it? Like, genuinely. Like, I think, I'm not talking about, like, fucking picky choose. I'm talking about definitionally. Sure. Brown people are oppressed. These fucking white incels are not. I think there's an argument for it, for sure. I'm saying... 
But I'm 100% genuine. I'm not going to fuck around and argue anything. I'm being 100% genuine. I think that there is an absolute argument that it is not the same for brown people, black people, people of color color in general, queer people, whatever. Like, there is an oppression that they, we, whatever, face that is not faced by straight white people, particularly straight white men. Cishet white men. Cishet white men. But specifically... I don't think art inspires violence. I think art justifies violence. Right. So knowing that shouldn't. Sure. There's. Yeah. There's an absolute caution that should be taken. And that's what I'm saying. I get that. that. You want to be like, oh, we're gonna play this movie wherever we want. We're gonna say whatever we want. We're gonna put black people in whatever we want. I get that. I'm not saying that this movie does not potentially have negative repercussions that'll come from it, but I am saying that I don't see this as particularly more dangerous than fuck the police. Which I see is equally dangerous as in it's not dangerous, but people will use it as justification. People use fuck the police to get parental advisory stickers plastered all over CDs. I don't want to make the comparison that like fuck the police is dangerous, shitty, whatever in the sense that the Joker is, but I don't think it's good to call art dangerous because I think art poses an intrinsic value to shit. And while this movie is not good, this movie is not an incel. The Joker is not an incel. This is not specifically targeted towards incels. This movie's not good. I would not call NWA dangerous as a whole, especially not fuck the police. It's not a one-to-one comparison as in oppressed black people protesting against racist cops being the same as a man belittled by society protesting against quote-unquote society he's not protesting though he's just murdering murdering people people in retribution for quote-unquote society quote-unquote retribution whatever it's it's not a one-to-one i would not say the joker and nwa are equally moral by any stretch of the imagination but neither are dangerous i i don't look at the joker as dangerous i look at it as poorly thought out and bad i don't see this movie spawning violence and if you are arguing that joker as a whole spawns violence like i don't see jack nicholson's joker is particularly spawning violence i don't see caesar romero's joker spawning particular violence i don't see the comic book character jokers spawning particular violence mark hamill's joker spawning particular violence like I think this argument is only in existence because people misidentified the Aurora shooter as someone dressing up as Heath Ledger's Joker. Fine, though. But that's still fine. But that's fine. Like, wouldn't you rather be on the defense and be like, damn, this person could be this. Incels are real. Because, like, don't act like incels are shooting up people. Incels are real. Like, it's not a basis fucking defense. Sure, incels are real. White supremacists are real. Incel white supremacist shooters are real. I'm just saying, like, I don't think they're taking inspiration from the Joker, and if they are, they're using the Joker as justification, not genuine, like, reasoning for it. No one will be walking away from this movie and be like, yes, I am right for shooting up my school or my job or whatever like they're just simply looking for justification because this movie as terrible as it is is not trying to argue for bringing violence to innocent people like 
part of the issue with the politics of this movie is that it makes no fucking sense because it hates rich people and it hates cutting public spending, but it also argues that it's apolitical, and it also argues that, like, hurting innocent people is bad, but the Joker kills his mom, the Joker kills his co-worker who gave him a gun to defend himself, like... This movie makes no fucking sense. Its politics are meaningless and its politics are bad when it barely makes sense. Okay. Um, I'm not calling this a good movie. I'm not trying to defend this movie as some, like, work of art. It's not. But I don't like calling movies dangerous and I won't call the Joker dangerous because I don't think that art inspires violence. I think, at worst, art justifies violence. And I do not think that even like justified violence would come out of this not justified it isn't reasonable but people using this movie as justification for their violence like this movie is not good enough and does not make enough sense to actually inspire political thought this movie is shit it it hates the rich people which i can agree with but then it argues that it's apolitical Part of my biggest issues and the biggest flaws in its politics are the fact that all the Joker's arguments during the Murray show are pretty much what Todd Phillips said leading up to this movie coming out. Like the whole, no one gets to decide what's funny anymore after Todd Phillips or whoever his co-writer was wrote the joke, Paige and Dr. Faggot. Like, (sighs) Paige and Dr. Faggot's not fucking funny. Grow up. It wasn't a good joke then. It's certainly not a good joke now. Like, I don't get why anyone likes this movie because it makes no sense that when it does, it's not good. I don't think that there's a whole lot that could have saved this movie because as a script and as a final product, it is a borderline incoherent mess. And it's not a character study because we learn nothing at all about the Joker. This movie's final message comes across as when you push a man too far, he has no chance, like he has no ability to do anything other than push back or revolt against society or whatever, which is a bad message and is not particularly well articulated in this movie. Joaquin Phoenix does a really good job. The cinematography is stellar. And that's about all I have to say. If this movie gets nominated for anything at all in Oscars, Golden Globes, whatever, past past actor and cinematography, I will lose the very, very, very limited faith I have in anything left completely. And I have no faith in the Academy of the Oscars or the Golden Globes at all. But yeah, that's that's the gist of it. You have any Trash. thoughts? You have any thoughts you want to tack on, Sid? Trash movie. Don't see. What would you give it out of ten? Zero. Yeah. Four. Four. Yeah. I'm at about the same three and a half to four out of ten. If you are like, man, I really want to see this movie, and it comes on HBO, for sure watch it. I think you'll at least develop your opinion on it well enough to understand at least what we're saying, but. Like I said, watch it free. Don't pay money for it, yeah. That's that's what we're saying. If you're already paying for HBO, you're already paying for Netflix, whatever the fuck it shows up on, you wanna watch it there, do it. But but don't give don't give this movie your money. Whether that's in theaters or like your fucking D V D Blu ray, whatever video rental store. Don't don't do it. It's not worth it. You're gonna feel ripped off. And 
Rightfully so, because this movie shit. But yeah, uh, we're now going to move on to our 2019 in horror movies. But first, I am going to talk about the three albums that came out this week. Uh, and we're going to kick off with Danny Brown's You Know What I'm Saying. Uh, you Know What I Am Saying by Danny Brown is the latest studio album from him. It is his third studio album, unless you count Triple X as a studio album, which kind of rides that uh, edge of being a studio album or mixtape, which would make it its fourth. It's a follow-up to 2016's Atrocity Exhibition. It has been highly anticipated for quite a while, especially with it being executive produced by Q-Tip. Uh, say what you think of it. You listen to about two-thirds of it. Danny Brown's a shit. <laughs> Anything else? Danny Brown's, I don't understand what y'all see that. I don't, it's not worth it. No part of it's worth it. It's not that good. Okay. There you have it. Alright, well, uh, I have the opposite opinion. Danny Brown is very good and he's worth your time. Why? Um, I really like the experimental sound he takes for hip-hop without being experimental in terms of music. Like, he does a very good job at bringing, like, psychedelic rock into hip-hop, and I think it's pretty cool how he does that. He did a lot of Joy Division shit, and their, like, their contemporaries and, uh, like, friends and shit uh for atrocity exhibition and he's kind of developing on that sound more in this i just really enjoy a lot of it i like that polished grimy sound that he has and i find it pretty enjoyable and funny he's a very funny rapper um but yeah i i enjoy pretty much everything that he does and I find it really impressive that he is able to maintain such a high level of quality throughout his discography but uh yeah I really like pretty much fucking everything he does um I'd say Dirty Laundry, Three Tears, uh Savage Nomad and Negro Spiritual are his four best songs on this album I think Sid tapped out it, you know what I'm saying? So, Sid missed, uh, tracks 9, 10, and 11. Yeah. But, I, I did really like it. Um, found it very funny and entertaining. Uh, Sid is falling asleep and, Don't we'll, like we'll keep it moving. Uh, alright. Larange and Jeremiah J's album Complicate Your Life with Violence This is their follow up to I think it's 2015's album The Night Took Us In Like Family Which is one of my favorite Hip hop albums and Even still one of my favorite albums Of this decade It is such a good fucking album Jeremiah J is a very good Lyricist and when he's behind Great production he becomes one of the best Rappers in the game Uh LaRange is easily top three producers of this decade and in my top ten producers ever. He is immaculate in fucking everything that he does. I love his work. I love his output. He has never released a bad project. Um, they decided to collaborate again. I've read a couple interviews about their hesitancy to do it because they didn't want to retread old steps. And so they wanted to try and come with something fresh, which they absolutely did with 
complicates your life with violence. The whole shit is super solid. I am kind of blown away with how good it is because I went in expecting this to not be a very good album. And that it was going to drag, especially that it's 17 songs long. But this entire thing was a fucking breeze and I loved it and I really fucking... <sighs> it's real good all around. Uh, I would say check out Behavior Report, Say It All, and Cool Hand if you are looking for basic intros. Uh, all of LaRange's work, but especially with Jeremiah J, feels like it was lifted out of like a 1930s noir film. And I think that is part of my appeal to it. Like, I want the album cover on a t-shirt and I will buy it immediately. Yeah, I, don't I, wear, I don't wear print t-shirts. Like, I really fuck with all of the shit that LaRange does. I really like Jeremiah J. And I think that he is at his best with Strong Production, which is... I don't think LaRange has a bad, like, production song to his name. He's easily one of the best producers of this decade. But yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting repetitive now, so we're going to move on to the last one, which is uh, Billy Wood's album Terror Management. This is his late studio album. Uh, it is his second of this year, which is a very strange follow-up to the fact that he usually did not release more than one album every two to three years. But he is a fairly well-known in New York underground rapper. He has been doing it since, like, 2004. Mm -hmm. um, if you are not familiar with him, I would definitely recommend starting with either his Arm & Hammer collective or starting with his solo album, History Will Absolve Me. But he has been... He's been in it for a long time, and he took a break from solo work between History Will Absolve Me and uh, Cape Verde before coming back. History Will Absolve Me is maybe his most well-known album if it's not Dower Candy. But History Will Absolve Me came out in 2012 and he released three albums between then and 2019 and now he's hit it back to back because Hiding Places came out in March and now this in October. What's your favorite part about this new one? Um, I don't know if I have a particular favorite part. He is really solid throughout the whole shit, but that is generally how he works as a, like, rapper. He puts albums together rather than songs because mm -hmm. I don't think he will ever in his life get any radio play. Sad. Which isn't a diss on him, but, like, he doesn't, he doesn't really work with beats. He makes beats work with him. He's like E-40, but if he screamed at the beat until the beat followed his own tempo. He okay. is J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Yeah. I've not seen that one, so I can't say. Uh, we can watch that. I think I have it on Blu-ray. Hmm. But uh, I really liked Western Education is Forbidden, Long Grass. These are songs? Yeah. Western Education is Forbidden is one song. Long Grass is another song. And then... Uh, Trivial Pursuit were my three favorite songs. Okay. But, what did you like about them? Um, I don't know. They just all kind of stuck out to me is better than normal. Trivial Pursuit was an instrumental, but... Uh, How long was it? Like 90 seconds. Hmm. But I feel like... I don't know if anything that he's released since his crew 
uh, Will Absolve Me is his best work, but I appreciate his perspective. He incidentally is one of the musicians that has kind of pushed me farther left. History Will Absolve Me is named after Fidel Castro's speech uh, in defense of himself after the Cuban Revolution. I think it's after the Cuban Revolution. Um, but he really puts it all out there and he is one of the very few leftist rappers I know who was very like explicitly intersectional in like working with and protecting trans people he does a lot of organization shit to my knowledge that's really cool he's he's a cool guy he's a weird guy but he's a cool guy yeah. and I fuck with him a lot his music is not particularly accessible if you are not familiar with his work definitely start with history will absolve me but he's he's a cool person and i admire a lot of what he does okay yeah uh he says this is the fifth album uh no no um yeah let me pull up his whole discography this is one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven this is his 12th studio album okay uh, not including his mixtapes, compilation albums, and like collaboration albums, because uh, Arm and Hammer is uh, him and Elucid together, and they have like three albums and a mixtape and an EP together too. Okay. He does a lot of shit with uh, underground rappers. Uh, I think his bigger names that he's collaborated with are like Elucid and Blockhead and Bus Driver, but I don't think any of them are super well-known particularly not to the audience we have at this moment but i like him a lot and i will recommend him i definitely say start with history will absolve me if you are interested at all okay but yeah uh, i'm feeling like an eight out of ten probably uh it's certainly not his best work but definitely not his worst um and i am still excited to see what more will come from him that's cool uh, but yeah, we'll wrap it up there and we're going to move on to Brightburn. Brightburn is a new movie written by James Gunn's, I don't remember if off top, but either brothers or cousins. Cousin. And it is a movie about a alien who crash lands in, I think, Kansas, but somewhere rural Midwestern, maybe Nebraska or Iowa. He is... Uh, raised by these two people whose land he crash landed on who are having trouble having children of their own and they raise him as their own he starts hitting that prepubescent pubescent period like 11 12 whatever realizes he has superpowers and is pretty much indestructible and can fly and has heat vision and all this crazy shit and anyone who questions him or fights back he is ready to kill but it seemed like he got that because he touched the spaceship at some point because he had a dream. Yeah. It wasn't solely because he was prepubescent. It was, you know, caused by his... Sure. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that was it. Um, yeah, he had these weird voices coming throughout, like, uh, dark, deep voices calling to him to come to the ship because he ended up... They kept it, the parents kept the ship, but, like, buried it under their barn. And he's found, like, later in the middle of the night trying to rip up the boards to get to it. 
But yeah, I think that sets him off, and it's kind of a horror movie of, like, what if Superman was evil and willing to kill people without any form of, like, discretion or remorse or any sort of emotion toward it. Yeah, that was kind of like the tagline. Yeah. Brightburn, what if Superman was evil? And 12. Yo, uh, what do you think of it? I mean, it was okay. It was kind of boring. Nothing, you know, was super, like, engaging or interesting. It just, I didn't really care. It did put you to sleep, right? Yeah, unfortunately. But you, you were there up until, like, the last 10 or 15 minutes, though. It just got really hard. Like, not, I just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't care. None of it was, like, predictable, but just because I wasn't putting a lot of effort into it. Like, I just really did not give a shit about this movie because it came off as a as a shitty movie and then it fulfilled that and then it didn't surprise me and I just didn't care at all so it was like whatever I think the hardest part with this movie is none of the characters were particularly sympathetic like and then the CGI yeah the CGI wasn't good but like I just I didn't feel engaged or care about any characters in this movie like if they died they died and that's that where I can't really root for anyone to live because none of them are good people and none of them are people that I sympathize with because they're so underdeveloped as people. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, it does end with Billie Eilish, Sid's new fave. Mm. Uh, mm. Bad guy. Mm. What's the album called? Mm. We all fall to this- when we all fall asleep, where do we go? That's it. This is the favorite album of the year. Mm. 10 out of 10, Jonas Brothers Who. This actually has pretty much equal, song, like, skippable songs to Jonas Brothers for me. Like, I skipped about three to four, maybe five Jonas Brothers songs. Same with this. Isn't Billy's album, like, four or five songs longer, though? I don't know. I don't want to compare it because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Alright, well, do you have any other particularly strong thoughts or feelings? No, don't make a sequel. Oh, a sequel's coming, I think. That's, okay, you asked my strong thought is don't okay. make a sequel. Sure, I'm just saying I think one's coming. I know. We're going to be there opening day, no. just like we are for Countdown 2.0. Let's abolish sequels. Billie Eilish's album was... 14 tracks and I'm looking at Jonas Brothers right now so when we all fall asleep where do we go yep which is a riveting question I think it's just when we fall asleep not when we all but okay, well, you, got, you got it so the the fuck, that's the course of the fucking song called Bury Your Friend what do you think of that song I, I like the album bro this I told you fucking that I like the album more than I like the Jonas Brothers album alright well I got their album pulled up and they are also 14 songs they are 3 minutes longer So, yeah, pretty much equal in your eyes. Jones Brothers play their own instruments. Billy doesn't. Jones Brothers write their own shit. I don't think Billy does. Jones Brothers produce all their own shit. I don't think Billy does. Billy is 17. Jones Brothers are not. uh, Jones Brothers have writing credits on their album from other people that aren't the Jones Brothers. Okay, they are on every song. For sure. I'm not... I mean, Billy is on every song on her album. You know that for certain? I, she sings on every single song. Are you talking about songwriter credits? Yeah. I believe so. But let's look it up. Um, 
I was wrong, it is when we all fall asleep, where do we go? So I apologize there. If you were fucking passionate about Billie Eilish, you would fucking know the lyrics, but you're fucking not. I am not. I like one song, and I'm, I'm Yeah, good you try and correct that. me like a white man. That's me. All tracks are written by Billie Eilish O'Connell and Phineas O'Connell, except where noted. Yeah, she has like five names. Um... It looks like uh, two songs in particular were written exclusively by Phineas, which were When the Party's Over and My Strange Addiction. Yeah, When the Party's Over is really sad. My Strange Addiction is super weird. Otherwise, every song was written in collaboration with Billy. Uh, Billy did the instrumental production with Phineas on Bad Guy. No one cares about Bad Guy like you do. Bad Guy's a hit. It hit it on uh, Brightburn, and it hit it on that Fox News movie. Yeah, and um, You Should See Me at Crown was on um, Euphoria. There we go. Billy is everywhere. Alright, what's your final out of 10 score for Brightburn? Low. Do you have a number, though? No, low. Cheeks. I give it one cheek. You have a one cheek out of two, so five out of ten? No. One cheek out of a possible fat ass rating. Okay, but how many cheeks are in a fat ass? A lot. This is low. Okay, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna say your number is a four out of ten. Billy Eilish has an Android, which is gross. <laughs> Alright, next we're gonna move on to Ma. I had a fucking white lady in my job tell me she didn't want to watch Ma. Because she knows Octavia Spencer to be like this nice, sweet little lady, which is inherently racist. Yeah. Like so, you like my shit, but like you don't want to watch this movie because you like Octavia Spencer and the Help. Right. Um. And Hidden Figures. But yeah, so Ma stars Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer is this uh, woman who lives in a small town. She is bothered by these kids to go buy these kids liquor because you know they're kids and don't have ids or fakes and so she goes out and buys them liquor and she's like if y'all are going to be drinking in this van you might as well just come to my basement and drink because it'll at least be safe and you're not drinking or driving and being like aimlessly lost and everything and risk getting hurt and they do that and then she gets weird and aggressive and difficult with them and shit because like something's going on with her and them and they're all freaked out and uncomfortable and like we maybe shouldn't be going here anymore and then she starts fucking with them even more so they feel pressured to it and it just builds to this climax uh if you're concerned about spoilers i don't think either of us have strong enough feelings on this to really get into spoilers but that's where we're gonna leave it at you can get the feeling of that from the trailer otherwise we spoiled like i don't know 20 minutes of this movie maybe if that sure i don't pacing wasn't super great so it's kind of hard to say like looking back you know yeah but yeah what do you think of the movie said all these all the movies we talked about i didn't care um i just i didn't care how many movies do we still have to talk about uh three next up are gonna be chucky us and pet cemetery i can't keep fucking doing this i'm gonna have to stop well let's get through ma and then we'll see where we're at and we can stop if we need to 
Yeah, I just I didn't care about this movie. Why did you care? It it wasn't good. The plot wasn't good. The story wasn't good. The acting wasn't good. None of it was super good or gripping. I didn't care. I felt bad for her, but I I didn't care going in. I cared less watching it. It just it wasn't good in, in any way. I literally can't name anything good about this movie. Okay, what would you give this one out of ten? I don't know. What do you think about it? Um, I passively enjoyed it as like a movie to watch with friends to talk shit about or just be kind of like spooked out watching it at home alone. I give it like a six if you're looking for a serious horror movie or like an actual scary teen horror movie. This is not it, and it'd be like a four. I don't know. I think so, teen horror movies are stupid. Like, I mean, you really like the teen horror movie we saw today. The genre as a whole, like, I wouldn't count that as a teen horror movie. Like, Truth or Dare, I wouldn't count as a teen horror movie. Ma is not, like, a teen horror movie. Too. I don't know. Okay. What people call teen horror movies are usually not what I consider to be teen horror movies. Maybe. I'm not... I don't really look into subgenres for a lot of shit, so I was just considering it a teen horror movie because it mainly revolves around teens. I get that. I don't think but, that's what it is, though. Sure. That's a fair criticism. Um... But yeah, I guess depending on what you look at, it could maybe be upwards of a 6. If not, it's a 4. I guess I'd throw it personally to around a 5. I think there are enjoyable moments in this. I think that there's good performances. I think Octavia Spencer's good. I think that the Each main girl is solid. Go ahead. Um, but I think on the whole, it just doesn't really hit all the strides it was trying to. And I was left wanting more. Um, I really doubt it's going to get a sequel, but if it does, I hope it improves on a lot of the issues that are there with it. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you have any closing thoughts on it? Mm, No, not really. People told me this was bad and I should have listened, I guess. Well, you live and you learn. Uh, so now we are going to move on to, uh, Chucky. Okay. Chucky is a 2019 film starring Aubrey Plaza and uh, Brian Tyree Henry and uh, the kid. The kid and, was the name of and that Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill wasn't. Chucky. Oh, I'm thinking of Mark Harmon. Mark Hamill. Who is Skywalker. not in this. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yep, yeah, I was thinking of Mark Harmon, the yeah. NCIS guy that every white mom, including mine, is obsessed with. No. Mark Hamill. <sighs> yeah, um. This is a reboot of the series. It's a reboot and a remake because it's trying to relaunch Chucky anew and also remaking the original. Like it's, and, and no one asked. Yeah, it's stripping out the canon. It's something that no one asked for, just like Rob Zombie's Halloween and uh, the Friday the 13th remake and the, Friday, or the Nightmare on Elm Street remake where no one asked for it, but they're going to do it anyway because they think they can make money. I've only seen original. I've I've seen original Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, and that's it. I've not seen original Chucky beyond mm-hmm. maybe like the last scene. Never seen a Friday the Thirteenth. I've seen a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I'm not very well versed in classical horror movies. I wouldn't call any of these classical horror movies. I mean, a lot of people would. They're they're classics, but they're not like. OG shit like they're a lot of people consider this like the start though the, the horrible pinnacle da, da, da. yeah I think that's mostly millennials and like okay. people a little older than us yeah. um I mean the oldest one is Halloween which is the, the late 70s I'm pretty sure like 
Halloween came out and basically birthed the slasher genre, which was pretty well appropriated with, like, Friday the 13th, I'm on Elm Street, a lot of knockoffs, the Halloween series as it continued. Chucky's kind of a slasher. But yeah, uh, if you've seen the original Chucky, the biggest difference is, is that instead of, uh, I, if I'm remembering right, a serial killer being killed and his soul being transported into a doll. Yeah, because I think it had was like, for, for hiding. I think it was like a pull string or something that had this doll talk and then he was... But it was like to hide from the cops. Kinda, yeah. Uh, instead of that, it is an AI doll that is corrupted and becomes a mass murderer because this dude in the very beginning who's in... Vietnam? Thailand? Thailand? Um. In Thailand, they're like, you fucking suck. Finish up this doll and you're fired. Get out of here. And he's like, alright. Bet. I'm gonna remove all the safety, all the safety procedures. This doll's ability to swear? Approved. This doll's ability to murder? Approved. And all this shit. See if I can. And then the doll gets mailed to this store and the box is super damaged. And Aubrey Plaza... No, it's, he's defective as well. He's defective. They, tr- they tried it, and then, like, they returned it. Yeah. And the box is super damaged and everything, and Aubrey Plaza's like, well, it's gonna get mailed back, we're not gonna get any money back. Can I take it? Give it to my kid? Because he was talking about how the Chucky doll was kind of cool, and he's kind of into AI, and I'm poor as shit because I'm a single mother who's in her late 20s. And her, and her manager was like, no, and then she was like, yeah. and then what if like, I tell your wife that you was cheating on her? And he said, no. Okay. Take no, you, you know, he was like, no, and then she's like, I'm gonna take it anyway. He's like, don't do either, and then she's like, I'm gonna do this. Like, I'm gonna do this part. You're right. lucky. Yeah. Um. Which for sure, if I trade my infidelity for like a material item. Right. So she takes this doll. You're trading your infidelity for an item. I'm saying I would. Okay. Anyway, uh. So she takes this doll, she gives it to her kid who's like, I don't know, 12, 13? Yeah, 13. Like, he's tail end of middle school, beginning of high school, absolute oldest. And, uh, Ari Plaza is either divorced or, like, never he's married. Or something. Yeah, one yeah. of those three. One of those three. Anyway, uh. No, because no, he was always like, what's his face? It's not my dad. I think she she was either married or. I think he, he, might, he must have died. Because the kid was like, oh, what's his face? It's not my dad. You're not, You're my, not dad. my dad. You're not my dad. face. No, but he was like, you're always trying to say something, dude. Ugly ass little head. Which is a drag, if you ask me. Um. But, uh, oh, it was Vietnam. I was right. I pulled up the shit. That was racist. Thailand. No. No, you got Southeast Asian countries mixed up. I'm just giving you shit. You're not racist. I mean, it's shitty, but it's not racist. Sorry, there's so many Southeast Asian countries who make toys from. Like, is that really my fault? No. Um. If you want to cancel me, please do it. Anyway, uh, her kid Andy, Andy is the name of the child, uh. <laughs> toy Story, cheese. Gets the, yeah, oh, the promotion for this was really funny because they were making fun of Toy Story promotions like, doing all this Yeah, shit. they killed Woody, I remember that. Yep, they killed Woody, they, know, uh, they hanged. I think they hanged Buzz Lightyear. Let's not get into deep. We'll get into it. I could be misremembering too. Anyway. I want to have a shitty movie. So, Aubrey Platt is dating this dude who's not quite hitting abusive, but is absolutely shitty as fuck to this kid. He's like shitty. Yeah. 
Brian Tyree Henry lives down, like, the end of the hall. He's a cop. No, no, no. He just visits his mom there. Oh, he just Never. visits his mom who lives at the end of the hall. But he's there all the time. Good, yeah. And he, like, dicks around and has fun with the kid who's hanging out in the hall all the time because he doesn't like being in the apartment when the guy is, when the, kid his mom's boyfriend is there. So he hangs out in the hall and, like, plays on his Game Boy or PlayStation PSP or whatever. It's the phone, phone. that's like a controller. Oh, it Chucky. is. Yeah, it's his. It's his iPhone. Well, this is before he got Chucky too. So, all of that is going on. Uh, Chucky clearly becomes evil, though it's all in an effort to protect Andy. And it's more just like a that cat bitch you. I'm gonna kill the cat, which no one asked you for. Right. So. Andy's freaking out. Andy's couple friends are freaking out. Uh, Aubrey Plaza's character does not really trust him. And he's like, you're just going crazy. You're just overreacting. This is just you being dramatic. And it hits this point where no one's taking him seriously. But shit is very serious. And it's like, can these 12, 13, whatever year olds figure it out and save themselves? Or are they going to have to get adult help? And, and the answer is neither. And yeah, without getting into spoilers, the answer is neither. No one can solve it. Yeah, but, minus the mystery gang and mystery machine. So this is your first Chucky movie, Sid. What do you think of it? Bad, bad, bad. And I got warned about how bad it was. No, still worse. Um, we'll have to ask Justin the, like, next weekend. Hmm? We'll have to ask Justin next week what he thinks because I'm pretty sure he's there's, a pretty big There's fan a friend of, of mine up in support who warned me about this. Besides the deliberate Star Wars jokes where it's like, what's your name? Han Solo. Like that shit. Mm-hmm. Where like, if you didn't know it was Mark Hamill. Who Mark Hamill is a very good uh, voice, voice actor. actor. Voice. Yes. Yeah, like you would know yes. it was him. Um, if, if you didn't know, uh, Mark Hamill is best known for voice acting uh, the Skips. Joker. And Skips. No, no not Skips. Oh, Skips is not his best known shit. He, if there's an animated Batman TV show or movie you liked, or like the Batman Arkham games... Mark Hamill was the voice of the Joker. Like, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, is one of the best voice actors of our generation. Like, him and Tom Kenny are really the ones killing it. And I'm kind of naturally, like, deterred to the whole AI. Like, oh, you're going to put your face in the cloud and it's going to do this and this. Because, like, you think if the government didn't want our shit, they wouldn't already have it. Right. So this self-driving car, this self-driving whatever bullshit, whatever, fine. It's kind of spooky. If you say that Chucky was a serial killer, this whole, like, obsessive friend thing is definitely really interesting at a different point. And the threat being that it's in the cloud with knowing we're not completely hooked up, but even with our lights being hooked up, it's more hooked up than we were before. Right. And that still shows, poses some threat. So, I'm like, the AI sense is interesting. It just wasn't fleshed out well. And also, because, like, if I get to the point where I'm like, ooh, AI is a threat, to this degree that the movie's presenting, I'm already fucked. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm already adjusted to the car. I'm adjusted to the TV. I'm adjusted to whatever. And that's why old people are like, oh, you're going to put your face in this phone? Like, bro, every time I go to an ATM, she has my face. Like, I'm not trying to lay down and die with it, but the fact that you think that you're resisting at all is, is, is not, it's not true. Right. Um, I yeah I guess like the only ways that this gets fleshed out is giving excuses for Chucky to control yeah. other things, 
where you don't need Chucky to be behind the steering wheel to crash his car. You don't need Chucky to be like HDMI oh, cord plugging squares. Not the, really. Well, and also, the mom was also hella uninformed as well, which made you think like, oh, let me get this for my kid's birthday. She was like more than an average mom, but then when it came to like policing what her kids did, she was like less than an average mom, which was very weird. It felt like none of the things they wanted to do, they leaned into very much, whether it be the cop, Brian Terry being the cop, the mom being a mom, the AI being AI, or any of that stuff, none of it they leaned into. Yeah. It was a very tropey movie. Yeah. The only reason Brian Tyree Henry was a cop was so we could get the crime scene shit. Yeah. And get if, to the, the, like, uh, the fucking the supermarket. Yeah. and the Or not the supermarket. The the end of the movie, yeah, Brian nice. Tyree Henry is trying to date Aubrey Plaza, kind of. Which isn't really a spoiler because he's flirting with her throughout the entire movie. But they're kind of trying to date and they end up being in the same store at the end of the movie. And it's it's a thing. But the only reason that his character was a cop was so we could see crime scene shit. Like, his cophood yeah. plays no relevance to the movie otherwise. TBT, the white man killed in a watermelon patch. Kind of the, poetic. Uh, yeah, kind of poetic, kind of ironic. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I will, this... I, will never, I will almost never condemn a black person for getting a check genuinely like this. Like, not on Kanye shit, but I'd be like, damn, bro, what you doing? <laughs> I mean, Bino's pushing off Atlanta. What else is he gonna do? He was in, um... You got that Joker coin? He was in, um... You getting this coin? Beale Street? Yes. Yeah, anyway, um... I would just recommend seeing the original Chucky of this. Like, I don't think this adds enough stuff. I think that it lays groundwork that sequels could be better i think mm. the sequel show promise of becoming like the better or best of chucky movies but as it stands right now i'm not i'm not feeling this uh at all this was a if, if this is on hbo and you're like i want to see a dumb scary movie put it on yeah but if someone's like hey do you want to see chucky no Someone's like, hey, you want to spend $3 to rent Chucky from the video store or PlayStation or Amazon or iTunes or whatever? The answer is no. Unless you hate yourself. Uh, this isn't even a movie you watch to hate yourself. It's not good enough to be that either. Alright, well... What are yeah. you feeling out of 10? Who? Five. Five? Four or five. I'm at about the same, but I'm at like a five or six. Okay. So we'll round down to a five. This is a five out of ten movie. Humbly. Uh, but yeah, uh, now that we have Chucky out of the way, our next movie to discuss is going to be Us. Us is Jordan Peele's immediate follow-up to Get Out. <sighs> Jordan Peele, if you don't know him, is from Key and Peele of Comedy Central fame. He was a sketch he was in a sketch comedy duo before working and directing horror films. He did Get Out, which was a pretty big critique on liberals dealing with race in America and how they don't really deal with it and do deal with it in shitty ways. You want to play the spooky song? No. Fine. Uh, you were literally the one who was always concerned about getting sued. Now yeah, you're like, true. I want to play it all the time. That's true, that's true. Also, we're not TikTok. That's true. Well, anyway, yes. Good okay. Okay. He has, he has another movie coming out, doesn't he? 
He did the Twilight Zone redo. Well, no, he has, he has something else. Too. Hang on, let me look. Well, Monkey Paw is producing shit now, too, but. I thought he had something else he was doing. Like, he himself. <sighs> he was. No, uh, he is. He acted in Toy Story 4. Okay. Yeah, he was a writer shit. for 2020 Candyman remake. Oh, that might he, have been it. He is an actor and writer for Wendell in Wild, which is coming out in 2021. And he is going to be an actor in the to-be-announced release date movie Abrupido, which I have literally never heard of. It's an upcoming American horror film written, edited, and directed by Evan Marlowe. Uh, oh, it's going to be the final Sid Haig film, R.I.P. Uh, but I don't know anything about it. We'll know more about it as we get closer to seeing it come out. Oh, anyway. Man. Yeah. This is Us. His follow-up to Get Out, Us. Yeah, not This Is Us. Yeah. Not to be confused with This Is Us. This movie is called, and I quote, Us. us. In all caps. Uh, it stars... Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Winston, Winston Duke, Duke, Elizabeth Moss, and Tim Hedeker. Name the black kids. Alright, I gotcha. Uh, Don't do this. Throw me out here. Uh, Evan Alexander mm-hmm. and Shahadi Wright Joseph. There we go. Shouldn't name the black kids for the name of the white ones, but I understand. I literally just pulled up the Wikipedia for people starring. Yeah, but you know what kind of podcast oh, we are. Oh, yeah, no, it's on me. It's on me. I'm not saying it's not, but I just went with what Wikipedia said instead of looking into it. Anyway, Lupita Nyong'o, as a child, uh, was walking around on the boardwalk in Santa... Santa something. Santa Monica. Barbara. Santa Mon- Monica. It wasn't Santa Monica. Cause yes, it was. It was. You and I went to the Santa Monica Pier when we went there in L.A. This is like Santa Barbara or Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, maybe. It was, um... Oh, shoot, this isn't Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. It was Santa Cruz. I'll try to look it up first. Beat you to it. I already had the Wikipedia page loaded. Anyway. Child Lupita Nyong'o wanders off, goes to this, uh... I think it was called the Mystic Indian. Like, it was a pretty racist thing. Her name was Addison. Her name was Addie, and then her character's name is Red. Well, yeah. Uh, it was Adelaide. Okay, Addison. I'm sorry. But... Yeah, that's what you get for doing oh the my fist pump. God. <laughs> like you um, should have commended me on a black horse having a. Anyway, uh, she goes into this vaguely racist against Native American people hall of mirrors. She sees basically a doppelganger freaks out and can no longer talk. Like, it scares the shit out of her, understandably. She can no longer speak anymore. She learns how to talk again, and then we cut to present day. She is married to Winston Duke. They have two kids. They go to Santa Cruz because uh, Winston Duke, I don't know if his family does or if they bought it together, has a beach house there. They said Grandma, which made it seem like it was Adelaide's, Adelaide's her name? Adelaide. Yeah, it may seem like it was her grandmother. Maybe. Their house, and they had gone there previous times, which would line up with her, like, getting kidnapped slash having her well, trauma shit. They had only said that they haven't been there since grandma died, which isn't particularly clear. Like, it could be their own, but... 
Then she's like, I don't want to go back to the beach. Like, yeah. Like, so, so I don't know. I, I kind of be lean to the maternal life. Right. So, it, it's hard to say for certain, but they've been here before. Lupita it's, Nyong'o's iffy on it because this is close to her proximity for tra- tra- childhood trauma. This just and, goes back to all the things that you hate about this movie and the fucking we don't know. Yeah. Um, and we don't really know... She doesn't. She doesn't share her trauma with Winston Duke really or her kids, and because of that, she's nervous. But no one really gets why she's nervous or upset by it. I think she's just uptight. They go to the beach. They hang out with Winston Duke's white friends, and then they go back home. In the middle of the night, the sun goes missing, and there's a guy on the beach. Oh, sun goes missing. Lupita Nyong'o freaks out because she's like, where the fuck's my kid? Like, this is this is too close to what's already happened to me. I'm not cool with this. Come back. Yeah. Where the fuck are you? They freak out. Um, He's over there watching this, like, seemingly homeless man with blood dripping down his hands who was previously in the scene with Lupita going missing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, he has a Bible verse on a uh, poster board almost. Yeah. But so they go home, and then in the middle of the night, uh, their daughter points out to them that... Uh, family outside there's, yeah there's this family of four people outside standing at the edge of our driveway on the street just staring at us and what's to do goes out to try and intimidate them to go away and they don't and they end up breaking into the house and we find out that they are literal identical doppelgangers of all the four of them mm-hmm. they're played by the same actors but with like so matching like red that, yeah. coveralls golden scissors less kept hair together different makeups different makeups and the they are called the tethers and the lupita tether is basically like we've long awaited this return to take over the world from all the people that have abandoned us Mm -hmm. and left us in the underground to rot so they go on this whole shit they all get separated they end up getting back together calamity ensues they basically try to figure out what's going on which we don't ever really get answers to and they try to figure out they try to figure out how to survive the day and the their tethers that's that's generally the whole premise of the movie without getting into the spoilers uh so Sid what did you think and what did you think of it compared to Get Out I'm really glad we just watched Get Out last night Mm -hmm. um really honestly for me rewatching it solidifies all of my critiques of this one that's very funny um well, rewatching that, I'm like, okay, he definitely has a certain like, I don't want to say stamp or like trademark, but like you would see what he's going for. He's got animals. Is the not even that, but just the way it's shot, the way the pacing, they tell the story. Like I, I do see it. Yeah. Um. He. Us is definitely weaker. Uh huh. Us is definitely not as clever or or funny or like on the nose. Mm-hmm. They both have very similar endings, where I feel like they both ended very quickly especially yes. when you're watching this you know what I mean where yep. like I felt previously like I got more of a closure from Get Out but now watching I'm like oh no I didn't we got more of a closure than we did from us but it was not really closure for the movie because repercussions yeah. were not explained for Get Out see and you and then it's like okay so you can't get no repercussions otherwise you get into like a real long breakdown so I get the, I get the flip the first half of the movie of Get Out is what we saw and the second half yeah. is the court I I I almost liked 
story and plot and all that shit for Get Out I like more, but acting I thought Us was stronger. Yeah, in almost but... every way. Like Lupita was better, Winston Duke was better, and what they were selling me I bought. Where, cause like last night even when we watched, it, I pointed out what twenty flaws with like this whole white dude liking this white lady shit and only dating her for five this months. This black dude liking this white lady. Or, I'm sorry, yes, and I really like Daniel Kalula. Yeah, I I, he I was... hate Allison Williams, and that's and Lil Rella is Lil Rel. For Get Out, the black actors were absolutely better than any of the white actors, right. and the white actors did well, but they certainly did not do as well as the ensemble performance from everyone here. Elizabeth right. Moss and uh, what's his name? Exactly. Well, I already forgot the white dude yeah. in this movie definitely did better than the bulk of Get Out, which is so like whatever because Elizabeth Moss is Moss is regularly on. Handmaid's Tale. You know what I'm saying? Where Lupita, like, you need to do better. Lupita's last movie before this, or at the same time as this, was Get Out. Lupita was not in Get Out. Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Black Panther. Sorry. I'm, I'm kind of sleepy. You're good. Um, it was Black but Panther. But yeah, so what do you think of this movie as a whole? How would you compare it to Get Out? Because you're basically just saying you would. Compare to Get Out, overall... I guess I would also say I didn't like it as much. It is closer to a conventional horror, but like for that like cleverness that Peel is being known for, I like it less. Yeah. Um, but then overall, I get what you're saying with plot and confusion and, and et cetera, et cetera. But I think the only reason that we don't have those issues with Get Out is because you understand what happens in like interracial relationships and what could happen. And this is very much one of the extremes. But mm-hmm. you you get that and like like where it's like you you should probably shouldn't go up to anyone's cabin you don't know them like with their parents you know what I'm saying like that right. thing. So, well, that wasn't the cabin; I, that was the regular house to get out. But but you know what I mean. It yeah. it plays on a lot of real shit where you can assume that where where us was very original, and I commend him for that. Yeah, I can admire us for a lot of the stakes and different steps he goes for and how he tries to expand a lot of his shit. But I'm also but, less traumatized by us. Yeah. Then you don't get out. Like, yeah, because It us, takes less physically out of me. Right. Us is not a movie about white violence, where it's, it's Get Out is like, very yeah. much on the it's crux like of white violence. This shit happens to happen to black people, like a black right. family, right. where What's His Face happens because they're black. Right. There are a couple of things in Us where it relies on these characters being yeah. black, like Lupita telling her kids to put on their, shoe, their shoes before they run out of the house because they know they're all going to leave. When Elizabeth Moss was like, I had a little work done. I like not that you need it, you bitch. And Lupita's looking at her like, okay. Yeah. Like, like the whole, there yeah. are those, but on the whole, the character's crux does not rely on their blackness. Right. Their blackness plays into shit, but it is not a focus on the fact that these characters are black. These characters are people who are black rather than just outright black Which people. Which is super nice. Right. It's nice, it's nice to get representation where their race and the trauma that comes with their race is not the focus of this movie. It's, it's them as people. And they are darker skinned. Yes. Like they are not Tracy Ellis Ross. Right. Skinned. They're not mixed. They're not light skinned. Yeah. Where mixed and light skinned people absolutely have a place in cinema. For sure. And it's but not it bad that. it's heavily represented. Right. It wouldn't be bad if mixed or light skinned people were in this movie, but it's nice that you can see very dark skinned yeah. people and relatively dark-skinned people in this movie right like largely right where it's not um, like a light-skinned family and their dark-skinned mom right but my issues with this movie which are things that we've talked about before on this pod are 
the whole monster and horror you either need to explain completely so that there's no confusion with the audience or explain not at all so that rules aren't clear and the audience doesn't expect to understand and this movie ends up towing the line and because of that i think it fails on a lot of points yeah. i'm really entertained by this people acted the shit out of this i think you refined a lot of the dialogue issues that Especially get out had kids too like kids i always forget incredible. about that like because i know lupita is good she's won an oscar right right you and don't you, have you don't need to worry about lupita and winston duke putting in a good like performance these, these but you fucking got kids who what's her face was only nine-year-olds in, whatever she was only in um uh lion king like on broadway or she was after you yeah. said like they don't have a lot under their belt and they did a convincing performance for a whole other personality, especially yeah. the girl, because the boy was covered up in a mask. You know, he did right. a good he job. Did, this he did a really good job, but his tether didn't talk at all yeah. or interact it with him really bodily. without yeah. a mask. And this girl was like running, had to like fuck that white guy where he was like, get off my car. You know what I'm right. saying? Like shit like that. Hard to do. They put in an incredible performance. Yeah. For, especially for their age for all that shit. Like, Daniel and the white girl from Girls. Alice Re- Williams. Yeah, they really put in their all for Get Out. The I've seen Alice Williams be more compelling in Girls. Tbh, sorry, I'm Maybe. just having seen, seen Girls. Girls. Yeah. Okay, they put in a really good performance. For sure. mm-hmm. Um, Allison Williams' parents in the movie put in a good performance. Yes. The brother did a very good job of being creepy, yes. though he wasn't as good of an actor. Maybe because we believe him um, as a, like a creepy white man. Maybe I like he seems promising as an actor. I just don't think that Get Out was his movie. Yeah, he like, did not take away scenes from anyone else. He also wasn't doing much outside his what he looked like. Right. Where in Us, every main character, the white friends, the white friends' kids who were only in like two scenes very, very, yeah, very twins, briefly. Yeah. Um, and the entire main family just gave their fucking all for their tethers and their real one, like their real character. human normal counterparts. Uh, I was just genuinely blown away with how well acted this film was, but because he rides that line of explaining the characters but not explaining them enough, it just feels like it fails. Like, why don't these people just leave the tunnels and try to integrate into normal life? That would have made more sense than just trying to kill everyone. Why are they holding hands across America? Like, I get hands across America as a concept, but... Like, I get Hands Across America as a concept is, like, the shit that happened in the 80s, but why are they doing that now? Because they don't really seem to understand what Hands Across America is. Like, holding hands literally across the continental United States is not going to get whatever they're looking for. You also talked about Lupita's ver- voice. I brought up possibly reverting back. Mm-hmm. But, like, with the big thing at the end, we're like, why she talked that way? Right. Like, why your tether talk that way? Right. So... We can't really do this without getting into spoilers. We'll we're say gonna spoiler in. warning. I, you we're gonna spoiler warning. Yeah. I will say this: having seen the movie, it is a spoiler. I called it while watching the movie I in didn't. theaters. I didn't. It is not really that big of a reveal, and even if it is, it really does not make a yeah. difference to the story. But just think, uh, just think a little bit. If you then you think about it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, we're gonna get into spoilers. If you're really concerned, cut off this episode. Uh, would you? I'm sorry. Our last movie is Pet Cemetery. Would you recommend that? I don't remember if we did what this. I Can we skip to Pet this Cemetery? Is, no, we're going we're gonna to get there in a second. Would you recommend Pet Cemetery? yes or no? No. Okay, good. I would also not really recommend it. I think we did this already, but in case we didn't. So turn it off if you are worried about us spoilers now. Okay, so Lupita 
uh, as a kid, yeah. switched with their tether. Her tether escaped. That was the reason she couldn't speak. Her tether learned to speak. And then we see them as adults. Lupita's tether, who's the original Lupita, is speaking in this broken voice like she's barely able to communicate. And if she was a fully capable speaking child at seven, eight, nine, whatever, even if she ran into people who couldn't talk well, her stunted voice, like she lost her esophagus and voice box, does not make sense. So it's issues like that. It is issues like how the fuck did 300 however million Americans get red suits and gold scissors? Not even that, but if your whole shit is you're doing this for being the tether, but you weren't always the tether, how did that happen? How did whatever? Right. Um, But all of it, all of it is just kind of confusing in ways that don't make sense. And it, like I talked about with Midsommar really rides this thing of it's very clear that Ari Aster for Hereditary and Jordan Peele for Get Out had as much time as they needed to write that movie and here they are pressured to hit a follow-up and they are clearly finding their voice still but they they knew what they wanted to do then and they don't really have as confident of a voice as now. Yeah, I mean, you have lots of confidence of what to do that, like, maybe not being defunded. I definitely get, like, the fear of being defunded as a thing. I'm not saying that they are terrible directors who rush this shit. I just... Your, your debut shit, your album, your movie, your book, you have your entire life to write and figure out. Now, when you're being asked for a follow-up, you end up being on a time crunch, like... I don't, yeah. I don't know how old Jordan Peele and Ari Aster are, but they're both at least in their late 20s, if not their 30s at this point. I think they're close in their 40s. You got 20, 30 years to write Get Out and Hereditary. You got three to write Get Out, and you got a year and some change to write Midsommar. Like, they are churning that out, and both of them with these movies, even with their failures, are showing that they are strong and promising directors. That They yeah. have a lot going for them, but you can't rush them. That's true. If we don't see a single thing from Ari Aster or Jordan Peele until 2025, I get it. And I genuinely believe that those films will be in contention for the best films made of, like, the 2020s. But... Both Midsommar and us left a lot wanting for me. They like they didn't they didn't feel as fully developed or realized as that, and I don't know if that was yes men like going like, yeah that's great that's great, or if it was just time constraints on trying to get out the next movie or what. Yeah, <clears throat> I didn't like Midsommar, but I really didn't like Hereditary. I didn't like The Witch. I don't like none of those movies. I like Get Out, but you know it was uh, it was alright. I yeah. don't like they had well, as much of a natural deterrent to get white people to see it as one thing like you know other things, right? Yeah, one thing that separates Jordan Peele's stuff with Ari Aster's and Robert Eggers is that uh Jordan Peele is Blumhouse. No, I know, but where, you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't I don't think Jordan Peele's stuff is definitely closer to mass market horror. Where Ari Aster's is more art house horror. Yeah. 
Like, it's definitely an artsy film right. where it's trying to make you, like, feel something beyond scared. Where Jordan Peele is like, I'm going to give you a horror story with a message. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of, them are, all of them are solid. I would say that Us is worth seeing in theaters if you can find it screening somewhere for Halloween. Uh, we're, this is our third time recording this episode now. And we are now on Saturday, November 2nd. Uh, we started recording on Friday, November 1st, but we also started recording back in October. <sighs> so if you can find a screen, screening somewhere, I would go say it's worth seeing. Otherwise, it's worth renting at like Redbox or your video store or some digital streaming platform if it's not on HBO or Amazon Prime or whatever, Netflix. But yeah, uh, what would you give us out of 10? Seven. Alright, yeah, I'm feeling the same thing. Probably a 7. I I have issues with it. I, I wish they had kept the tethers either more secret or explained them more. Like, I'm just left wanting either way. If I don't understand... What under- happens to them? Right. What, even if you're trying to set up a sequel, I am still left wanting more from this movie on its own. Even if you're trying to set up for a sequel, you need to have a satisfying conclusion for the original... And I don't know why the tethers exist. I don't know how they exist. I don't know where they came from. I don't know why they're here. I don't know why they hate their human counterparts rather than just trying to integrate in society. I don't know why they're literally trying to hold hands from California to New York. Like, none of it is explained or makes sense in any way. And either do it less or do it more. And I hope that's that. Maybe there's an director's cut of us coming that's going to be an hour longer that will explain everything to a satisfactory standpoint but until then i'm left wanting and i'm at about a seven out of ten as well yeah um but yeah we're now going to move on to our last movie of the night pet cemetery pet cemetery is the 2019 remake of the stephen king book which originally had its uh What's the word? Um, Publisher? No, it uh, originally had its original movie adaptation in 1989. So we're coming 30 years late for this shit. And it's not good. Pet Cemetery is about two parents who move in with their two kids into a place in semi-rural Maine. Their house's driveway ends at one of the most dangerous streets in America where every single time you walk out onto the street, you have a 92% chance of being hit by a semi-truck. They find out that the land they bought includes a Native American burial ground where uh, Superstition says if you bury something there, it will come back to life, but just not quite the same as it was when it was alive. Their cat gets hit by a car on this most dangerous highway. And they take the cat and dad decides to bury it there because he's like, yeah, nothing's going to come back. Why not? Because white people don't know how to fear ghosts properly. Yeah, well, that's part of thoughts. That it is. That it is. I, I don't believe in ghosts. I would say Bloody Mary in the mirror three times, but I won't because I know that you believe in them and I'm not here to test you. Anyway, uh, so he buries the cat. The cat comes back to life, unsurprisingly. But the cat's not the same. It's meaner. It's 
more vicious. It looks like it's dead and decaying because it's it's dead and decaying. So they're all weirded out by it, but you know, they're trying to love it, trying to be like maybe if we're nice to it, it'll come back to life. There's an old man who lives down the road who basically privies the family to what's going on and gets them acclimated to the area, area that they're in. Yeah. Later on, their daughter gets hit by a truck who's like, I don't know, 9, 10, 11, 12, pretty much. Uh, she gets hit by a truck and she dies. And the dad, in this intense amount of grief, decides to bury her in the pet cemetery too because he knows that she'll come back to life. She comes back to life and she is not at all the same. She is mean. She is vicious. She is willing to kill anyone who stands in her way. And it develops from there. But that's it. It is, as a book, my favorite Stephen King book. Uh, of his entire bibliography like this in Misery and The Shining are my three favorite books but I think Pet Cemetery will work its way into my favorite book what did you think of the book Sid? oh hated hated it long what? dumb boring there was a whole section where the guy was pretending that his son didn't die even though his son did die and he's just talking about like what if and that whole thing he goes on and on as though like it was a regular story and you were like imagining what happened that's not the truth. That's not what happened. I hate that shit. Be honest with me. I'm a supplier. Be honest. I'm the book supplier. You're the book supplier? For everyone. But um, so, You're I the mean, socket fuck to plug? I was the pusher man. But, um, yeah, that, that, it was okay. It wasn't because everyone thought it was me. It's not that scary. Don't know if that's because I don't have a kid or what. Yeah, I... What about you? I think similar to prisoners that I don't think this affects us as much as it is because we don't have children where like prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal is very hard to watch if you have kids mm -hmm. I remember I watched that movie with my parents and my parents wanted to stop it for a minute because they were like having trouble coping with the fact that their child is missing and might be getting raped by this dude and they don't know what the fuck is going on it'd be a really weird like fucking thing to do yeah, I mean, Hugh Jackman goes much too far with trying to torture this very clearly mentally challenged person just because he thinks he may have had something to do with it. But, yeah, uh, I really like it. Um, I think that it was one of the better written Stephen King books. Like, I think he does a very good balancing between telling the story and being descriptive. And that is an issue that I have a lot with Stephen King, generally, that he's either too descriptive and not telling the story or telling too much story without giving any description or feeling to it. And he doesn't really balance those well, generally. But Pet Cemetery is probably his best balance next to Misery and The Shining. So the 1989 adaption, which I think I'm the only one of us that has seen. Have you seen that 1989 adaption? It's not good. Like, if you want to see a really terrible, like, low-budget 80s horror movie, I think you'd have a fun time with it. It's not terrible, like, in an unenjoyable way, but it's not a well-made movie. It is pretty much on par with Salem's Lot. But this movie ends up kind of 
feeling like a paint by numbers horror that takes some interesting turns in the way that it tries to present itself it doesn't have the same sense of like bleakness and dread that uh the book does it doesn't have the level of campiness that the movie does and it kind of works its way into its own but it's not particularly well acted and the characters are not particularly sympathetic where similar to a movie we're going to discuss in the next couple weeks with countdown uh i just had issues feeling bad for the characters being in the positions they're in a lot and yeah. like i i didn't want them to die or i didn't want them to be miserable but i didn't really care if they were and that might not be a great way to feel about them but i'm just left confused and struggling to figure out why i need to be feeling bad for these people so what do you think sid i think i already told you yeah but give more detail because all you said was not good uh it's apparently it wasn't that good the math it wasn't that good it wasn't that good the whole what did you not like about it in particular how Stephen king's obsessed with Native american people yeah well do you want to do that now or are you too tired i'm tired stephen king before he used the spiritual what's it called a spiritual negro yeah that's it uh before he was comfortable using black people as his like trope spiritual tropes yeah he used native americans all oh, the oh, fucking it's called, time it's called mystical mystical that's it yeah so he used that in it it got toned down but made even fucking weirder in logic it chapter two for especially for the beginning yeah for the fact that it was completely non-existent in the beginning and it, but, well, i mean it was like 20 minutes into the book too where they were doing this shit right but like stephen king really channeled that amityville i didn't know my house was built on indigenous burial ground yeah but using less appropriate language on purpose on purpose because he didn't care and he was a shitty dude and he's still a shitty dude but not shitty in the same ways and he basically used native people who weren't even represented in the books because it wasn't even like shitty representations of native characters but still having native characters it was like this was the native land before we took it and they cursed the land with their dead now they're dead haunt the white man because the white man is too good or even white characters highlighting black people uh, right. or you know, like or even normal stuff yeah i none of it was just average as far as his shitty native shit goes this is this movie adaptation in particular is probably the least terrible because it was presented as land the natives thought was too haunted to keep so they willingly gave it to the white people which I think is funny as shit, where you're like, nah, this land's haunted. Yeah, you can take it, though. You can take it, though. Bro, the white people are so geese to have this land also. The white the white devils won't care about the indigenous spirits. That's true. They think they all belong for their redemption. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So, it came off as weird and appropriately, kind of like uh, Zombieland Double Tap did, which we're also going to get into soon. Yeah. But... Overall, 
the acting was good. I think that it was entertaining, but I didn't really enjoy it enough in any way where I'd really want to, like, go out and watch it or recommend it to anyone. What did you feel, Sid? What would you give it out of 10? How did you feel about it overall? I think I already told you that it sits. I really feel like good about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I... I think I might be feeling a little bit better about it, but I know that I'm the bigger horror movie buff out of the two of us. If you were looking for a spooky and unsettling movie that has jump scares but isn't particularly scary, like I'm like, this is fucked up, but without being gory, then I think this would be a movie that you could enjoy a lot. Otherwise, I'd really only recommend this if you're looking for spooky season shit. But... Yeah, that, that's about it. Uh, we're going to wrap up for this week. Mm-hmm. You can find us on poptakehotculture.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at poptakepod. Uh, and yeah, tweet at us, DM us, whatever. Recommend us shit you want to talk about. Tell us that our opinions are shit. Tell us that you love our podcast. Tell us that you hate it. We're on iTunes, which is now Apple Podcasts, Spotify, google podcasts and stitcher give us ratings give us five star reviews those help us somehow i don't really know but i'm sure it helps us in some way uh but yeah do you have any recommendations this week sid no i think we kind of covered everything i'm in a recommendation from your own vault mm, not really this whole thing kind of took a lot this one's taking a lot out of me so i'm just trying to get with the flow all right i'm going to say that sid will recommend my mariah carey's christmas album in november the silence that I'm receiving from them is deafening. Anyway. Alright, Mariah Carey's Christmas album. That's the recommendation from Sid. It's official. I'm going to recommend uh, Hassan Minaj's uh, Patriot Act. It's on Netflix. Hyper watchable, hyper enjoyable. Uh, I mean, like, it doesn't cover happy subjects, but as far as, like, comedy news shows go, like John Oliver or John Stewart or Stephen Colbert. I would definitely say it's one of the better ones. And yeah, that's about it. Please tweet at us. Please Instagram us. Please subscribe. Like, I know we're behind, but we're going to try and keep up with it now. Have a wonderful night.